All right, this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. Uh, it is the 13th of November. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. And this is Nate McBride. All right, so we got Nate in the house today. Um, we'll kind of hit the gym update really quickly. Um, <clears throat> how's your gym update going? Like, how do you stay in shape? How do I stay in shape? Yeah, let's hit that. Uh, okay, well, you know, I'm sort of an eclectic person, so I do a bunch of different stuff. But um, generally speaking, like I have five kids, I got a full-time job, and I run a sword school. And with all martial arts, um, basically the more you teach, the less time you have for yourself. But so here's how I, what I do to, to overcome that is during my lunch breaks at work, I don't clock out for lunch, I clock out to exercise. And I go in the parking lot, and then um, I'll do certain sword mechanics, but I have... Um, like I use sledgehammers instead of uh, maces. Wow. It's like it's like a mace, of course, but um, since you have the two heads on the sledgehammer, it's directional. And so with swords, it's also directional. So it so it helps me. I mean, I don't do the the, the specific sword moves. It, obviously, they're very simplified because it's heavy. You got to right. control it that way, it's similar to a kettlebell. Anyway, I'll do exercises like that. A lot of leg stuffs, a lot of a lot of lunges, a lot of squats, a lot of shoulder, back, you know, unison stuff. And um, I'll do things on a timer for, you know, hit drill. Okay. So I'll do a lot of that as well. And then, you know, at home I'll do some push-ups. And I got a gym membership, so when I got some time, I kind of go in there. What and kind I, of gym are you going to right now? Um, I mean, I, I just go to the, the big box gym. I don't even want to say which one. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're around everywhere. They don't, they don't, we don't need to be shilling for those guys. Right. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so I just focus on, instead of the big four, I focus on the big three, because at that gym, you can't really do deadlifts, Yeah. because it sucks. You just can't yeah. do it. So, you know, military, bench, squat. Cool. Um, and, I, and I find, uh, well, um, when I played football way back 100 years ago, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the big four, I, I'm a big... I'm a big proponent of the big four just for anything you do. Absolutely. And so I don't do it nearly enough, but I know it's that important. So when I go to the gym, that's what I focus on. That's smart. Yeah. Do you go uh, for the big four, like how many times a week are you going? Hit Dude, it's abysmal. Okay. I'll, I'll go like uh, like maybe once every two weeks or something. Okay. Yeah. But uh, like I said, most of what I do, um, I've got sledgehammers and I've got Weighted sword stuff and swords get heavy after a while. Oh yeah, and so it's I do a lot of um, like calisthenics. Basically, I guess that's what you would call it in in athletic terms. Okay. Um, so it's it's a lot of leg work. It's a lot of arm work. It's a lot of balance. It's a lot of yeah. When you put it on class. a timer. Yeah, yeah it's pretty intense. Man. It, it's surprisingly intense. Yeah, and it's kind of my my answer to well, it's kind of my answer to that. But uh, you know, I don't have. The uh, Arnold <laughs> physique, right? And it's because I don't, you know, I don't hit the gym as much as I should, right? To be a better competitor. But then again, I'm I'm sharing the knowledge with others, and so that kind of taps into my personal time. Yeah, I think people don't quite understand that sometimes it does take quite a bit to be training other people. Like I'd love to be working out with them, but I can't do that because I have to make sure they're doing this right and not hurting themselves. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Man. <laughs> Um, yeah. So for mine, um, I'm I'm hitting it pretty regular. The big four is what I'm doing as well. Um, I just do strict overhead press instead of military, mm -hmm. which everybody calls things different. 
right? Yeah. So, like, in my book, military is behind the head. I don't know if that's how you call it or uh, not. I, yeah, it's I mean, I, I don't know. Press. Just overhead press. Yeah, okay. I, I, don't, I, I think you don't want to get that bar behind your head. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just... Well, there's, there's, there's benefits to it, but it's very specific. Right. Well, for my points, I, I, I'd, I'd rather not. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> For fine. what I need it for, you know? I don't know. I have no, like, no shoulder mobility. So getting it behind my head is really yeah. tough for me. And I, I don't have a problem with shoulder mobility, be, uh, mobility because I swing swords. Right. I mean, so we're very mobile. It's surprising the, what that does for your dexterity in your shoulders because we're always putting our hands over our head. We're always swinging them in an arc. Shoulders are fundamental, so I, I I don't need that in a big weight. I just don't. Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah. So next week, uh, actually this this week coming week, we're starting to. It was going Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday were my classes for strength. Sweet. And now it's uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and every other Saturday. So we're getting quite a few people Get in it. there. Yeah. So. Nice. So now I can hit the big four every week instead of having to do every other week. Because uh, I don't know if you know the five three one program by Jim Wedler. I don't. So it's a uh, it's kind of like a powerlifting technique on how to train for strength, and it's uh, it just goes by sets and percentages, and it's pretty intense. I love it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, but uh, so lifting with these people is definitely helping me go. Um, I kind of have to make sure everybody knows that that I'm coaching this class on purpose. I'm the strongest one here. You know, like <laughs> I took someone yeah. else's max overhead press last week and put it up over my head with one arm. You wow. know, nice. so it was, it was, uh, it was definitely wobbly. I had to straighten it back out, but it went up. I had to prove my point, you know? Yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, so it's, it's a lot of fun, man. We're doing good with that. So that's kind of my gym update. So let, let's just get right into it. Like, how did you get into this? What does hit me with it? Oh, dude. Who are you? What's going Holy on? Holy crap. Okay, so um, I wasn't born in Southern California, but I, I grew up there. So from 11 to 2017, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, from 11 years old to 2017, I, I grew up in a town called Escondido. It's actually very similar to Vancouver, kind of how it feels. It's like the one place in Southern California that actually has a history to the town. <laughs> okay. You know, it's not just some overnight. Um, you know, pop-up town because everyone just decided to live there. So it's got a cool history to it. Um, yeah, I grew up in uh, in Monrovia. Okay. Like oh. in Pasadena. Yeah. Over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. So yeah. you know how it is. I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, shoot, you're going to have to corral me in here because I went off on a tangent. I forgot what the question was. No, you. You. <laughs> oh, like, me. Okay, so you grew up okay. in... in you didn't. You weren't born in Southern California. You grew up there. Yeah, I'm, I was born in Arizona. I'm an Arizona boy. Mm-hmm. But um, I I grew up in Cali, so I'm right. you know Southern cowboy. And um, I was uh, an athlete in high school. It, you know, like I mentioned before, I did, I did football. I, I loved to play basketball. Like any sport, I did. I liked it, even if I sucked or not, because yeah. it. I just loved it. I loved the challenge. You know, the the competitive spirit to it. The the cooperative. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't look it because I was pretty lean. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if you know what Scottish hips are. No. It, it's a thing. I've got Scottish hips. It's it's the way that your hips are and the way that you um, your hip bones articulate into your pelvis. They're kind of out and you got kind of like wider hips a little bit. Well, I've got those. And so I'm, I was a lot stronger in the center of gravity than what I would look like because I was kind of tall and 
thin. It's okay. like a buck seventy-five. Well, I played left tackle. I played left tackle at a school that's a running school, so I had to mash it up with those big boys. Um, and you know, like I wasn't all American or anything, but we had a winning team, and I was pr- pretty good. And um, I attribute that to constantly working hard <clears throat> at the technique, making sure that my center of balance was where it needed to be. And I was constantly going, uh, you know, uh, up against other kids, uh, you know, uh, 230, 240, right. 270, some of these big boys. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, I found that with the proper technique, I, at the end of the game, I was pushing these guys around. Right. Because they got tired and I didn't. I was faster and my technique, my footwork was where I wanted it to go. So more often than not, I beat these guys. In fact, the, the guys that I didn't want to go up against were the guys my size because they were sort of more agile, light on their feet like I was. Right. And then for some reason, it was just kind of a <laughs> kind of a stalemate with those guys. I, I don't know what it is. In, in, of course, it's high school level. Right. You know, if, if it was college level, it would be a totally different ball game because those big dudes, they know exactly what they're doing and they use their size and they would have crushed me. That's why I didn't play. <laughs> That's why I didn't play ball. Um, but anyway, so I, I was pretty athletic as a kid. Mountain climbed, rock climbed, it, it just adventure, did all kinds of things. That's fun. Fast forward, marriage, kids, the daily grind. I'm, you know, I, I work um, in the dental field uh, on a computer. I do CAD CAM stuff. And uh, so I found myself age 35, out of shape, still young, I can't run across the parking lot without having to just suck gas for 30 seconds. Yeah. And one day it just kind of woke me up. I was like, Nate, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. You're gonna die, like you're gonna die soon. Southern California lifestyle, can't afford where you work, you work in this beautiful place, Carlsbad, California. I commute an hour and a half, one way, in my little car, go there, sit at the computer, work for eight hours, pack it up, hour and a half, home, gotta be dad, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. Dude, it's murder. It's murder on your body, it's murder on your soul. So I was like, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life, because it's gotta be fun, and and I'm an athlete, I gotta do something. So I was was like, okay, well, what are you gonna do? So I started off slow, I went walking, right? (laughs) I I really, I had to start like ground zero. I had to start walking. So I started walking, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling better, this is good. So I started jogging, um, and I got, to jogging and I, and I was doing okay, you know. Uh, I felt sort of like the old me again. I'm not quite, just starting to. Right. And um, so at that point, I just got so bored. I got so bored and I was thinking, Nate, if this is gonna be your lifestyle, if you're going to be active, like I knew intrinsically, okay, I don't wanna go to the gym and follow some, you know, some hypey program and right. get the body you want, you know, yeah. and then slide three months after the goal. That, that's just not me. I was like, no, this has to be your lifestyle. Find something that you like. And so um, that's what I did. So, I, you know, one day I was kind of cruising Amazon and I saw just this stupid $35 plastic sword trainer. And, I'm, <laughs> and I laughed to myself. I was like, you're kind of a nerd, Nate. Why don't, it's 35 bucks. Just get it. See what it's all about. You know, because I was into exercise gear. Like, oh, what, what, what can I get? It's right. 35 bucks. So I bought it. I had no idea what to do with this thing. And um, this was 2010, so YouTube was only for people who really knew YouTube. It wasn't the yeah. thing it is today, right? right? Now it's just the behemoth monster that 
eats everything. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, it was like this boutique thing kind of getting popular. So the breadth of information wasn't on there. So, you know, I kind of looked on YouTube for, you know, how to use one of these things. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find much. There was some stuff. So I figured, okay, I'm going to experiment with this thing. And I don't care how stupid I look. I'm just going to go in the back lot. I'm going to swing this thing. And I'm going to learn this from ground zero. I knew nothing. So for two years, I went from, you know, because other people are taking their walks. Remember, this is like at the beach, beautiful Carlsbad, California. Everyone goes for a walk on their lunch break. So they're walking around the building, and here I am in a shade tree, like swinging a sword like a dumbass. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, are you practicing for a play? You know, just whatever. Right. And it, it got, after a while, it got from, oh, are you practicing to a play? To, hey, what martial art is that? And when people started asking me that questions, I knew I was in the right track. So basically what I was after is, I need to be balanced when I swing this thing. I need to, I need to find how this sword reacts in my hand. I need to get this. It was, it was, man, it was so bohemian. It was just this, this experimental phase. And um, I got to where I learned certain things. And by the time that the actual um, sword uh, manuals and real techniques from the medieval times, uh, people started presenting this on YouTube. Turns out there's actual manuals that way back in the day they left us. Yeah, and uh, it's legit. Um, and it, it, it's kind of like um, you saw the movie Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Jurassic Park where they have this dino DNA, but there's just missing components in the sequence, so they fill it in with frog DNA. That's kind of what HEMA is today. Um, when I say HEMA, that's historic European martial art. So basically, it's what what they're telling us they recreate that but then we would run into these issues like oh well how does this this doesn't appear to work because you you have to keep in mind most of these things are written in german but it's like it's like middle high german or what it's not modern german it's like old german okay and even english english is even worse because the germans speak very literally sometimes english they speak metaphorically so they'll assign these names to it so these old english uh manuals they they're speaking in english but they're talking about stuff you have no idea the context right because oh, the brits love right yeah they're they're con- i mean they they speak in such a way that you got to be in on it to understand what they're saying but they're just deadpan speaking english to you you have no idea what they're saying <laughs> well these manuals are like that right so it's like you, you got to figure out the whole what were these people thinking so anyway the german manuals are, are easier for english people or people today to really wrap their minds around. Okay. Um, so, some of the things that um, the missing pieces through experimentation and body mechanics, they figure this out. But most of it is you could see um, the ancient context, the ancient, the medieval context, and then it looks really convincing. It is dynamite. It's super powerful martial arts. Like, you watch these guys and it looks deadly and it's legit. Um, it's, it's uh, super efficient in its motions, and it activates the um, power muscles, the, the balance with the, the footwork. Um, and there's the problem with it, though, is when you film it and you present it to someone who's watching for an entertainment purpose, you miss it. It happens too fast. You can't see it. Well, it's the same thing with, like, boxing or kickboxing. Yeah. A, an actual fighter can, can, like, pinpoint different things that they're doing. 
like something that looks so much as like a like a feint. He's like, oh well, he he almost threw that and he didn't. Yeah, but look how far he threw it. He threw that feint just long enough to make sure that he knew he was far enough that when he throws that power shot, when the other guy throws a power shot, he can counter it. Yeah. Right. So it, right. there's a, there's a whole lot of like this giant chess game behind it that people who know what what they're looking at can can figure it out. But like, so I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And and physiologically, for someone who's sitting down at rest watching, it's not your fault because your senses aren't heightened. You know, like time slows down when you really focus on something. The adrenaline's coming in, and you got to read something coming at you that's fast. I mean, all martial arts are like that. So, you, so um, yeah, you, you can't see it. And that's why, so like stage fighting, whether you have a weapon or whether it's with your fists or feet, that's why it's so exaggerated. So, so the audience can actually see and anticipate, oh my gosh, there's danger coming. Well, you don't want to telegraph what you're doing, right? right? The dangerous stuff has got to surprise you. And that, I mean, that's the big difference between something for the stage, which is entertaining, and then the real thing. Real thing, you don't know what happened and it kills you. And if the guy you're fighting can't see it coming, then the audience can't see it either. Right. Well, anyway, so all this stuff was on the starting to come onto the internet, and and uh, so I started watching that and integrating that. And you know, interesting thing that I found when I was doing my experimental stuff, a lot of things I had to correct, but a lot of my assumptions mechanically was dead on, and I knew that's when I knew okay, this is legit because I just went through this whole thing all by myself. And here's what I found. And now these manuals are saying to do certain things and they're doing like what I'm doing. Just, I didn't know exactly why I was doing it right. and they were showing me why I was doing it. So were there anything that like just minor tweaks that made everything a hundred times better? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's cool. um, it, it, it's hard to describe it just, just uh, you know, on an audio format, but, but yeah, just little tweaks make a huge difference. I mean... Um, well, I don't really have an example of that, so I'll, I'll, I'll just move on from there. But um, so, uh, Tyler, one thing, I'll make this long story a little bit shorter. I'll, 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 I'll wrap it up. Time, man. So uh, basically, when I, um, I was, and it, it's, it's so zen, like that, that moment where you're just, you're in your little mind box, and you're swinging your sword, and it's perfect weather, and you, everything's clicking. It's like chasing that perfect golf swing. And, you know, when you're hitting it, uh, I thought to myself, this is so freaking awesome. I love this. It's really filling up my life and it's centering me. It's grounding me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to die early. I actually, you know, I'm my best self for my family. I'm a best self for myself. I'm a best self for my employer. Right. And um, it definitely was, correlates everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, I have to share this with other people. I have to. Like, it became my mission. And I was like, I don't know anything, but that's okay because I know more than the next guy. Right. Right. And, that's all, and so I was like, okay, I'm not a medieval scholar. And at the, at, this was like 2012 when this epiphany hit me. I said, you know, I've only been doing this for a couple of years, but that's okay. I could teach people what I know who know nothing. And then, so I've always had that as in, in the back of my mind is that's how I'm legit because I'm nobody. I'm just some dude who's <laughs> just swinging this and I'm watching this stuff on YouTube. And so anyway, we started talking. This community started coalescing. Well, now we're, we're approaching 2023. And, um, you know, now I have uh, 10 years of 12 years of experience, 10 right. years of like serious martial art experience in this. Well, now I know something. 
And now I don't really have those, um, that sense of inadequacy anymore. Right. Right. Not, not, not like I used to. You, you always feel like an imposter a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I felt the same way. Like this is my first like job coaching. Yeah. I've coached other people. Like, but it was like all four of us would get together and work out. I was the most experienced one. And so I'm just helping them get better. Well, now it's my job. Like, now I have to do research and make sure these people are okay. And, like, yeah. I felt like, I felt exactly how you're saying, like an imposter. Like, should I even be doing this? Yeah. And I'm like, I had to realize, okay, you have almost 10 years of experience doing this. Even if you are not the most qualified trainer in the world, you can teach these people something. Yeah. Right? And make them better and safer and, and make the quality of this, this entire community better. You know? So... So I get that, and I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, you know, it's. I think everyone feels that way. No one wants to say it because it's a fragile thing. Like um, people's idea of you, uh, of uh, like a student's idea of who's teaching them, sometimes is a fragile thing. But I think it's important for us to set expectations for students, right? So it's like I teach this. This is what I teach. If you want something else. Well, you got to find somebody else. And right. just being honest like that, I, I think that goes a long way, that, that honesty between, between people. I mean, as long as you have that something that you got that you're teaching and they're learning, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah. And you're like, I teach this. So it's like you kind of have to understand your limitations. And, you know, we're always expanding that, right? Right. Um, but I think people... People's BS meter is, is getting more sophisticated as the years roll on, right? Yeah. And so just, yeah, I mean, that's all I'll say about that. I, I, I think people who are mindful uh, are appreciative right. of that fact. It's like, well, you know, like what you did. You're like, oh, okay, that, that's, your, that's your best. All right, well, let me see if I can put it up. And you do it with one hand. Right. It's like, see, I know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I mean, Well, and it was, yeah. it was too. The, so I did come to your class, right? And yeah. it was a lot of fun. And um, I actually realized in the car on the way home, because when I fought, who was the other guy? Dan, D- David? Yeah, David. The other David. guy who's got a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, when I was going against him, I really understood the difference, right, in just experience. And I felt like, I was like, okay, when I went against you, there were times where I was just completely outmatched. And then there were times like, you were reeling me in. Like, I felt like when I was in the car, I was like, I think he let me hit him a couple times. Shoot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I don't like to crush people on their first day. Right. Well, that's you know? the thing is that's that's part of being a good coach. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have been so excited and had so much fun if I was just being obliterated the whole time. Like, yeah. it just wouldn't have been fun for me. Yeah. So, in like, in order to show somebody that passion, right... You need to let them have it a little. And I think you did a really good job. I didn't even notice <laughs> until later when, when um, cause I talked to Lisa and I was like, so this David guy, I was like, so is he like like on par with Nate or not? And she's like, oh, they, they can go pretty good, but I think Nate's better. And I'm like, oh, shit. That means like if this guy's crushing me, because that's what he was doing the whole time. He was really trying to show me up a little bit. I still don't think he was going extremely hard, but he was definitely showing me up completely. <laughs> and I was like, damn, so that means this guy is way better. 
Well, I, I appreciate the loyalty of Lisa. She's like the best wife you could have. I, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable saying that, that I'm better than David. Uh, I mean, we're kind of, we're like neck and neck. Like some days he just, he beats me and other days I beat him. And, and it's a total back and forth. We're like, I don't know, the yin and yang, man. That's cool. Well, I'm <laughs> yeah. glad you got somebody like that in your class. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Well, he's, he has his own club. He, that was like a special blacklight party that we did. Yeah. And so I, he's one of my sparring partners that, that we spar like outside of class. So, I mean, he's not in my class, but he comes to my class sometimes. Like, I'm not his coach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool when, when he comes in. Yeah, he's... The cool thing about him is he's very non-conventional, the way that he approaches his sword fighting technique. So he comes from a karate background. Um, right. Yeah, and so he implements a lot of that into there. And he's just this sponge, and he absorbs all this sword knowledge from all these different places. And so his stances are unconventional, and his approach is a little unconventional. But that makes him super hard to read. Right. But he's, he knows what he's doing because his balance is correct. And, dude, he's, he's fast. Yeah. He's fast. Like, he'll, he has a certain stance, and he just comes in, whoosh, and it... Yeah, if you if you if you're in that kill zone, he's gonna get you. Yeah. Well, I saw him yeah. working with that. What was that? Like a sickle or some shit. Yeah. It was like that hook. <clears throat> yeah. Like I could not get around that stupid thing. Like it was just. You'd think since it was so short, that it that it almost be a disadvantage for him. But the way he was using it, like it just threw me off. Like I, I wasn't. I couldn't get past it. Yeah. Yeah. So I also I'll be honest when I saw him walk in. I was like, oh, great. This is like that guy who takes this way too serious. <laughs> like, I really thought he was just kind of going to be in a tool. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And he turned out to be really cool. Yeah. Everybody in that class was really cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we try and make it um, fun for everyone who goes in there. Right. Um, in the States, how do I put this? I think, um, uh, like, Western sword martial art. Whatever you want to call it, everyone's got a different name for it. I think it's starting to just come into its own now. Cool. Um, before it was like, oh, it's like weirdo geek kind of Ren fair stuff where they're just LARPing and sort of pretending and they're casting magic and they're and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if that's your bag, that's cool. It's yeah. just it's just very boutique, right? It's 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 very niche. And for for people who do that, that's great. That's their little kingdom, you know. Um, but I think those people have to understand that that's not it doesn't have a mass appeal. Yeah. But I think that I think they know that. I think that's why they do their special thing, and that's what they like because that's what they like. Well, so I fully expected that to be what I was walking into. Yeah. Like a LARP session, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like this is real. This is real martial arts. Like these guys are really. If these were real swords in your hand, you'd be able to handle it, and you'd be able to kill somebody with them. Yeah. Like it was. It was really cool. I mean, for thousands of years, that's that's how people went to war. Yeah. And that's that's how they killed each other. And that's how they got taxes from the guys over the hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's legit. It's a real thing. And um, um, I think, you know, also because of the movies and because of other reasons. Like, for us, it's like this pretend fantasy world. You go to Europe, they have a different perspective of, of uh, fencing, of sword fighting. And so, for us, it's like Renfair stuff. For them, it's like... Um, History? It's their history. It's yeah. like um, you see like these Civil War reenactors, how serious they take it. Yeah. In Europe, that's what it's like. 
they're reenactors. Like, oh, this is the battle of whatever, whatever. And my great, great, great grandfather was right here and they did this. You know what I mean? So it's, That's they nuts. take it a little bit more serious. Um, it's not just movie fun time um, in Europe. And so they've really given us um, of late, uh, in the last 15 years or so, is when we started waking up in the U.S. to like, hey, this is a real martial art. And so they're, they're, they're ahead of us uh, in that respect. I mean, that's kind of the wellspring of where this all came from. Just like, I mean, if you want real judo, you, like you go to Japan. Yeah. And you'll see some real judo. And it's like, it's a serious thing. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with like Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like it's just... It's just, a spiritual experience over right. there. Yeah. I, you know what I didn't know about Muay Thai that I just learned, I want to say about a year ago, um, that it's very... They play music the whole time. Mm. And they, the reason Muay Thai guys get their ass kicked a lot when they're fighting a kickboxer, like an American-style kickboxer, is because an American-style kickboxer comes directly at you immediately. Mm. Whereas in Muay Thai, it's supposed to go like 10 rounds. Yeah. And they slowly get more intense as the music goes, and they fight with the music, and like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's pretty intense. So it's like, a, it's like a whole ritual going on. Whereas, like, an American would walk in there and just try and knock your block off. You know? Right, and, right. And they also, it's also completely different because uh, there's a lot more hands involved with American kickboxing than yeah. there is Muay Thai. Muay Thai is a lot of knees, clenching, yeah. all that other crap. But, uh, yeah, man. You know, it's interesting. I didn't know that. It, it's interesting that you say that because I, I totally get it. And, and the only reason is is because back when I was doing my experimental phase... Dude, I'd sit, there's this, there's this place. So was, I was, would work out in this business park. But the next business park over, you, you can park there and there's this tall building and they have this, this pool and they have uh, like these um, features around this pool. It's very serene. So I'd sit, stand kind of at the edge of this water and I would just put my headphones in just listening to, to um, I don't know, some drum beat music or something kind of low key and... Uh, something very yoga-like, you know? Okay. And I would swing my sword in a very specific way over and over and over and over again. It puts you in a trance. Yeah. It really transports your mind to another plane of existence. I mean, if I'm going to sound really yogi-like, it was amazing. So I, I think I, I get the idea of the whole... No, no, this is going to last 10 rounds. We're yeah. going to start slow, and we're going to slowly roll, and, and the tempo is just going to get a little faster. It does something to your mind. So I, I don't think I would have understood why those guys uh, in Muay Thai would do that if I didn't have this other experience. Like, we're not, as Americans, we're not patient. Really not. Look at what we've done to the English language. We're very succinct and precise with what we do, and we got to shorten everything. My name is Nathan. I go by Nate. That's just because we're Americans. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, as an example, it's very personal to me. Um, so, yeah, we, we, you know, we want to microwave our food because we want it now, you know? Right. But it seems like most, most, and it's not like they don't have microwaves everywhere else. Of course they do. But right. it's not like us here. Yeah. We're very impatient. We want to suck the marrow out of everything so quick. And that's, but that's our strength. But I think sometimes we really, if we want the full flavor of life, we got to sort of look at what these other cultures are doing and maybe sometimes integrate that into our lives. You know what I mean? Right. And, and um, so with the sword martial arts, I mean, the idea is you're taking a metal object and you're hitting your buddy with another metal object. Well, uh, 
if you start doing that right off the bat, you're going to hurt somebody. Oh, yeah. And they do. So you got to start. It's like baby steps. So that's why um, at the, like in my class for the youth, we don't use steel. We use um, padded swords. Um, and they're kinetic. Right. I mean, they're not... Like when we were hitting each other, I mean, we were, we were geared in the soft stuff. It's not like it hurts. It's uncomfortable. Right. But for kids, that's enough. Yeah. Right? Um, consider the average kid doesn't walk more than a mile a day. They don't go and fetch water like they used to. They don't climb trees like they used to. They're either inside watching TV, playing games, they're on their computer, or they're at school. And yeah. if they do a sport... They might do a sport a couple hours a, a, a week, and that's it. Contrast that to how kids grew up, like forever, until just now. Yeah. Um, they were rolling around, wrestling, stick fighting, uh, climbing trees, uh, digging holes, going through holes, like, you know, hollowed out logs, see if they could fit through there, get stuck, yell, yeah. scream, someone pull them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, they were so much more robust. And so um, physiologically, they're... Uh, their their muscle attachments were just more uh, healthy. Um, we're very soft. We're very soft. It's not that they were stronger in those days. It's just that they were hard. Yeah. We're not hard. And so when someone, even adults, if someone comes into a sword class fully expecting to just, hey, I'm going to get this thing, I'm going to get my gear, and I'm just so ready to go, and I'm just going to look exactly like I'm a pro. Slow down, Turbo. That's not how it works. you got to be patient with yourself. Okay. First, got to build our bodies. So we got to do that with foam swords. We got to do that with sticks, and we gotta we gotta give it time. We gotta right. give it time. I mean, our even if our muscles get stronger, we gotta wait at least six weeks for our ligaments and our tendons to catch up. Yeah, people don't understand that either. I mean, I I can blow up really fast and get pretty huge. Um, I choose to do it slower because of that. Yeah, I will just have. Like right now, I still have pain in my forearms mm-hmm. because I'm I'm getting big again, and it's just it takes time. Yeah, you know, like if and if you rush it, they'll snap. You get hurt. Yeah, That's what's gonna happen? Oh, like it's 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 not it's not a game. Mm-hmm. You know, and those don't grow back like normal. You nope. know, like that's a surgery. I, I tore my bicep. Oh, had to have snap. it reattached. Yeah. Oof. That was in boxing too. Yeah. Not oh, even, yeah. not even. So I threw a, a really large, long hook, yeah. and he caught me right at the wrist, and I tore my own bicep. Ah, yeah. So, but it, it's it's pretty intense, you know. To, to I was talking yesterday uh, to somebody about I've lost two inches in height since high school. Yeah, from lifting. Okay, and uh, I, I'm assuming it's compression on my joints and all that other stuff. But I know that I'm breaking down the porousness of my bones as well. Mm. So your body can't just sustain the amount of weight I pick up. You, it can't. Right. You have to work your way up to doing that. And now I took about like eight months off, came back, started lifting again, and I'm back up to pulling 700 pounds again. Like like nothing. But that's because my body that's can impressive. do it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, for my it's really impressive. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it... it Almost 10 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you get the amount of dedication you have to put into your body in order to do this. So I understand what you're saying because now all my the bones in my body are denser from constantly – you know they're porous, right? Yeah. Constantly breaking them down and smashing them. Mm-hmm. There's even um, – science is getting involved for like powerlifters and Olympic lifters, all that other stuff. 
And they're teaching them ways to lift to crush the porousness in their bones. Wow. To make them stronger. That's cool. It's intense, man. So, yeah. like, what you're saying is having to build your body to be able to sustain any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was stick fighting with dude, with David. And, uh, whack, I just got, he caught me in the lat. And at first I was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, ooh. Like, <laughs> Stings. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, all day I was like, Jesus, I could feel that. And he only caught me good once. Like, that wasn't padded. Yeah. And so I was like, dude, I'd have to get used to that. Same yeah. thing with, like, uh, like Muay Thai. They're kicking trees. Yeah. You can't That's just impressive. do that. Right. So, like, shin work. Uh, kickboxing, we do shin work, which means you just oh. kick each other in the shin. Oh. Over and over. It's shin to shin. Whap, whap, whap. And then what's that doing is is putting small microfractures in your shin, and they're healing thicker. And it hurts less because you're breaking the nerves in there. You're destroying <laughs> the nerves. Like, yeah, man, your body's crazy what it can do. But uh, not without hours and hours of practice. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's that really is the, the, the bottom line, isn't it? It is. Um, and it's, you know, it's really amazing. The human body is really amazing. Like, um, we're, we're, uh, we're fragile. But we're also very um, plastic. And what I mean by that is, well, what you're describing, right? So we can react very excellently to stress that we, that we put ourselves on. And, and you know, uh, all of the animals can do that. But I think humans are especially adept at it. Because we can imagine ourselves and put ourselves in a lot of different positions. And so our bodies have to be able to cash the checks that our mind's right. Right. And if you give it enough time, usually you can do that, yeah. um, which, which is pretty cool. Um, like, uh, anthropologically speaking, it's, it's really interesting how our, our ancestors, now, this is like way, way back, right? Way back. At some point, our ancestors got tired of waking up off of the cold ground, being naked, where all they had was just their hairy body to... to uh, you know, be that thing between them and the, the cold ground, you know? Yeah. And so what what happened? We, you know, we, we decided to, to put skins on our skin, you know, from, from other animals and stuff. And, and there's, a, there's a whole lot of things in order. I mean, it's a simple concept. But in order to make that happen, we had to, our bodies had to be able to do things. Um, for example, um, it, it, they, they think... They're not quite sure, but they think that that human beings at the beginning, in order to in order to catch their food, in order to eat meat, they basically ran down uh-huh. these antelopes. Right? I've seen that. It's crazy. Where we just we're endurance animals. Endurance animals, and it's not like we can run as fast as them, but we can walk and we can track them and track them a yeah. lot farther. And they'll just they'll just overheat, and we don't. Well. How, I mean, how many generations did that take to uh, to get that, you know, in a, in our in our bodies, right? right? It's so it's evolution. Yeah, you know? right. But the, the way that that hum, human beings work is is uh, our DNA is very elastic, um, meaning that there's there's some kind of and this isn't my field of expertise, but I have read about it and there's like this thing that happens. So um, there's DNA memory. And so if your ancestors had this traumatic experience, um, it is thought that people with anxiety, that's trapped in the DNA, like this 
traumatic experience that has happened to your family line, you have anxiety because you have a history in your family of like these traumatic experiences. Now, I don't know how true that is, and that's maybe a little bit more hokey, but, but putting it into physiological terms, like all of humanity can sweat. We can sweat a lot, yeah. a lot more than any other animal that could sweat. So, you know, we're really good at cooling down our bodies. Um, but the way that our skin is, like, um, like predators, they have very loose skin. It's very thick, and, and sometimes it's very furry, and it's like this armor, and it's attached loose. So when another animal throws a claw at it, and it kind of digs in, that raking motion, the yeah. skin takes away that, that vector force, right. right? Because it's loose, and it just kind of... It, well, it's like rolling with a punch, you know, but it's, it, but it's like skin. So it's like, oh my gosh, that lion got this awesome, you know, uh, swipe in there. I can't believe this thing just isn't laid open. Well, it's their skin. Right. It just took the, the power out. Just, whoop, hey, no problem. There's no blood. It's crazy. If, 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 if a similar thing would have happened to a human being, it would have just cut you to the bone. Right. Because our skin doesn't work that way. But what we do have... Is other animal skins on top, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we, we figure that out. And, uh, and, um, and then we started wearing metal. Yeah, I started know? wearing metal. Yeah. Um, really interesting thing about the human hand, for example. Super dexterous. Like, off the charts, dexterity, human beings are the most dexterous animal on the planet. That's cool. By far. Wow. Name something else that could um, fashion a bone needle, make thread, and sew a garment. Yeah, there's no way. It doesn't take a lot of um, like we would not consider that as as requiring a lot of a lot of um, mind upstairs to be able to do that, but it actually it does. You have to see the future. You have to see the future to do all those things. So we have the mind to see the future to make the things how we want them with our hands, right? So that's like this winning combination that people have, and that's just one example of how amazing we are, like as a yeah. species. Um, we, we have this low gear, the way that our, well, okay, I was talking about hands. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the hands. So we have, we have very dexterous hands. Um, we have all this fine motor skill and it's because all these nerves branch out. Like the, the, the amount of um, nerves to muscles is just insane in the human body. Way more than anything else. Like chimpanzees, when they get excited, the, the moms, they're known to accidentally crush their infants because... They're, they don't have the same dexterity. What they do have is, um, is um, an architecture in their nervous system <clears throat> that they can fast fire. They can recruit big muscle groups in a hurry. And that's why they're so much stronger than we are, even though we're very similar. The way that their muscles are attached to their bones, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and just because they can recruit so much faster, bigger muscle groups. Well, what they don't have, what they give up, is they don't have all those fine... Uh, nerves going to the finer muscles, but humanity has that. So what you're saying is they don't feel themselves crushing the child. They can't control it. They know it's happening, but they can't. They literally can't control. Whoa. Because they're because they're recruiting more muscles, like a lot. Yeah. Like we could do something soft. We could do something delicate. Um, I mean, dancing. Um, nothing can dance like a human being. Like someone who knows what they're doing. I mean, it's beautiful. It's amazing. So there's, so that's what we have that others don't. And martial arts is kind of taps into that. So um, when we recruit big muscles, that's where our strength comes from. But if we can 
recruit the right muscles to sort of do that pinpoint thing with a weapon, all of a sudden we're top dog. Like in the blink of an eye, we're the top dog. That's crazy. Yeah. When you, so we were talking about the hand, it's, it's so dexterous. Well, when you make a fist, it changes everything about your hand. It locks up all your wrist muscles, right? It does. It, it does. And now you can't, like when you squeeze your hand, you, you lose so much mobility in your wrist. And now you've got this, this battering ram, right? That, that you can use a lot of force on. Yeah. Well, when you open your hand, that goes away. You'll hurt your wrist if you, right. if you jam it really hard. I mean, never mind your fingers, but like if you just had a loose grip and you smack something really hard, you're going to damage your wrist. But you, you squeeze it, and all of a sudden your wrist just locks up. Well, that's your bones and just the way that they line up and, and uh, your ligaments and, and your tendons. That's locking you up. That is a, a human physiological feature that only we have. Well, and, it's, and we're, we're smart. So, I mean, have you ever heard, you know what a fist pack is, right? Uh, no. Oh, so a fist pack. Like, so say if you grabbed a, like a roll of pennies. Oh, okay. Or something of that nature. Yeah. Or a lighter. And we're able to grip that. Now your hand is ten times stronger because there's no, there's no like knuckle movement. Okay, right. So that makes like, sense. It makes it like twice as strong just by holding something in your hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like little things. I mean, uh, like brass knuckles. Okay, those go in yes. your hand and they connect directly to your forearm, and what that does is makes this a, a more of a battering ram mm-hmm. instead of just. You know, flexible and breakable and all that other stuff. You're hitting with your almost your forearm instead of this thing that moves. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the, the terminology to that exactly, but that's, dude, that... I don't either. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a crazy phenomenon. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and, and feet, human feet. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're made to be uh, very uh, cost-effective is, is ter- in terms of calories and motion, right? Right. So we can move forward. I mean... We don't run, I mean, actually, we're not bad runners fast, but just everything else that we're interested in goes faster than we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just walking, just the way that, um, I think us and bears are the only animals that actually walk on your heel. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. Every other animal is up on their toes all the time. Whoa. I never even thought about that. Even I'm elephants. Like trying to picture it. Like, like I'm thinking of my dog. He's up on his toes. Yeah. Their ankle is that funny thing that sticks out in the, yeah. in the, in the way back. Well, it, it's good for springs, right? It's very springy. And so they can leap super uh, high and they can run a long way. Um, canines are amazing because, okay, I've, I've done some looking into this. This might blow your mind or it might not. Okay. So human beings can travel longer a longer distance in one day than any other animal on the planet. Yeah. How? Just because we can constantly move? Well, I'll, I'll kind of explain that. There, there's okay. there's one caveat. Okay. Wolves in the wintertime. Okay. We'll, um, us and canines have a very peculiar um, ability um, to, to keep the amount of oxygen that we need to sustain motion for a long period of time. So, but it takes the winter time to cool down the wolf so they don't overheat. Oh. So you can outrun a wolf pack given enough time 
You can out-travel a wolf pack during the day, especially in the summer. In the wintertime, they can outrun you because they don't overheat. Wow. Okay. So that's something to think about. It's really interesting. That's There's really like interesting. one goat somewhere that they maybe think can outpace a human being. Um, I forgot where, where it was, but even camels. Camels in the desert, you can out pace a camel and um actually in the 80s there's this camel race that they have in the in australia and some crazy thing well in the 80s this guy figured okay how am i going to win this race rules are you have to have a camel so most people ride the camel he walked and he held the camel so now the camel didn't have the same uh, weight on it so it could sort of keep up with this guy and um i mean obviously you have to be super fit like right. ancestor style, I chase down my food every day, fit. Right. Yeah. Like me, I, I couldn't do that. I, I'm going to say you probably couldn't do that. No like problem. hardly anyone can do that. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you trained like that, you could do that. Yeah. Um, um, and he actually won that camel race because oh, he walked oh, and he led his camel. No one else could go as far across the desert. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, the one thing, the reason why we have these beasts of burdens that we ride is because suddenly you don't wear out. And you can have a bunch of stuff. That's why we do that, historically speaking. Um, you know, in the 18th and 19th century, you know, at fox hunts, like like the British aristocracy, they'd be on their horses. Well, the Scottish guys leading them are on foot, and they, they're they're with them all day. So we have modern examples of like people on foot walking with the guys on horse, and they're all on the on the same hunt all together all day. So it's it's really quite fascinating how people could do this and it's because of our feet the way that our feet are so just the heel toe motion um we we're not propping up our weight by our muscles strictly because we're not on our toes we're we plant on our heel and so we give our muscles a rest and then it's our actual bones that is holding us up for that moment for that little bit right and so also when you put your heel down into the ground and you, and you have a certain stance now you can transfer so much more power into your closed fist right. to make that hit, right? So when you're on your toe, you can do a quick, but if you plant your heel, it doesn't matter if you're on mud, if you're on grass, if you're on gravel. If you find that sweet spot of balance and then you just torque across your, you know, from your leg, <clears throat> across your hip, across your back, and you just make that connection. Um, well, that's what makes us what we are, like human beings are designed to be fighters. Nice. Good. Isn't that, That's I mean, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So there's something about martial arts that um, is always interesting to human beings. And I wish more people would embrace that or appreciate that. Not to say that you have to compete because it, it takes a certain mindset to compete, right? Um, but just to go through the motions, it, it, it does something to you. It unlocks something in you that you feel more like a deeper part of yourself is found. Um, and it unlocks. It's like this body-mind thing. Um, I, I don't know quite how else to put it other than it's like this weird spiritual experience. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really cool. And also, uh, the male features. So male to female, um, we're dimorphic. Um, and basically what that, what that means is 
Um, males and females look different. And so there's other animals that you can see that. You can see that in deer. You can see that in lions, obviously. You can see that in, in bears and, and horses. Like, they look the same, but the males are just so much bigger. Like, you can see that in gorillas. Well, people are like that, too. To Not as much as gorillas, obviously, but but we're like that. And um, some some anthropologists are suggesting that the male facial structure looks the way it does because they're bony hard points that that up armors our face yeah forget from getting hit so our our brows our zygomatic process right that 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 um bone that that is um underneath your eye that all your eye muscles attach to like that's thicker in men your brow is thicker in men it's to protect your eyes your your jaw is thicker and it's to protect your brain i guess and just your teeth yeah. right so you can just take that hit um, so that's, that's, that's really interesting that fighting like personal combat has changed the face of humanity. Literally. Yeah. That's really cool. So it runs deep. That's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, I can nerd out all day about that stuff, but, um, but that's why we're top dog. Right. Um, because the moment we found weapons, we, we adjusted um, our, our, our physiological bodies changed. We are fighters. So, um, you know, you got some hyenas on the savanna that will eat you up. Well, as soon as you get a club in your hand, now you got a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Especially if you got buddies with clubs. You yeah. sharpen a stick, all of a sudden you can, you can transfer all the force that you can muster from your body to the little end of that sharpened stick and you can run through a hyena and they can't do much about it. So it's and you're keeping them at a distance. They keep, can bite that stick. It's not going to hurt you. Oh, if yeah. they bite that stick and you keep pushing, they're gonna they're gonna hurt. Right. You're you're gonna end them. What I'm saying is, you stab them, and even if they are biting at oh, it, I whereas see. like if you were to punch them and they're biting your arm or something of that nature, yeah, that's gonna mess you up. <clears throat> and we're keeping ourselves in and out of the battle at the same time. Yeah, and the dynamic of group fighting that's actually not a bad thing. Like one on one, it's kind of bad news if they grab your spear. Yeah. And then they get on the inside. But if you got a buddy, it's actually a good thing because you keep them busy and now your buddy from the end, whoa, you know, gets that hyena because they're locked up with you. Yeah. And then they, you know, it's it's a group effort. So we're, we're pack animals, undeniably pack animals. So pack animals with weapons. That's why we like dogs so much. We're mm -hmm. so similar but very different. And we just understand each other on a, on a, on a very basic level. <laughs> yeah, I've had so, dogs my whole life. I'm in, I'm in love with the with Yeah, the I love dogs. Yeah, yeah mine is, uh, mine's a wonderful animal. He's a big idiot, but uh, <laughs> he fits right in. Nice. Yeah. I, got a, I got a little idiot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What do you have? He's, I, I rescued him. You know, honestly, I don't know what he is. I, I think he's a Chewini. Chewini, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what that was until we started doing research. But for people who don't know, it's like a it's like a Chihuahua and a and a, and a Dachshund yeah. mixed together. Dude, he's the weirdest looking dog. But he's a he's a good looking dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's unique. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a cat dog. He's I got an American bully. Do you? An XL, yeah. Nice. So like instead of those little short stubby looking things he's uh, got the body of a boxer uh -huh. uh, the head of a pit bull and like oh. the, the face of a, of a bulldog oh wow yeah. so he's got this big bulldog looking yeah, head on a boxer pretty, body it's, it's pretty intense he's just so lean and muscular nice 
Yeah, he's a good looking dog, man. Oh, about yeah. 90 pounds. Whoa, he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's why they call him the XLs. They added boxer in yeah. to get him off the ground because uh-huh. uh, if you don't breathe them right, they start developing like joint issues and all that other stuff from being just, just all you know stocky. Right. That low to the ground, you know. So yeah, he did a good job. I drove to Idaho to get him. Did My you? buddy was breeding him. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, man. I bet he's super slobbery. He is. That's <laughs> uh, like Turner and Hooch style. Not that. Bad. Not that bad. No, yeah, but okay. uh, he'll definitely he'll put his head on your lap and then just like he'll leave a puddle on your on your leg. You're like, dude. <laughs> but he's also not like shaking his head and flicking slobber. Oh, anymore. okay. Yeah, not yeah, unless yeah. you're holding something he really wants. Let's <laughs> start drooling on the floor for that's, that. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah, dogs are dogs are awesome. I love dogs. Me too. Um, so, okay, so what other martial art would you like to figure out? Like, so say say you're doing this sword thing. Mm. This is really, this is kind of your thing, oh, yeah. right? I always feel like there should always be a hand-to-hand. You're not always going to have that weapon, right? Uh, so No, in fact, I mean, let's get serious. In a modern application, you don't have a sword. Right. You just don't. You might have a machete I at home. I have a sword, but... <laughs> well, sure, but I mean, like, like... On the street, like you just don't. Right. Of yeah, course. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that's I, what pistols are for. <laughs> pistols, right? Uh, well, see, and those those to me are people don't quite understand the reason I don't like guns as much as uh, most people. Right. I appreciate guns, but I know exactly what they are. They're just death. It, yeah. That, there's no it. subtlety. It, it's it was made for death. That right. is all. Yeah. Like and so to me, whereas like you could beat someone with a sword. And not have to kill them. This you know is what very I mean? true. Whereas, like, what are you going to do with a gun? Like, it's just you center still mass destroyed. Yeah, whatever it touched. Right. Whereas, like a sword, you can really like, even if you cut somebody or something of that nature, you can hold them down and be like, you're done. But a gun, that's just through and right. through, man. Like, I feel like once guns were created, we lost that martial arts part of combat. You know what I mean? Now it's not... Now we're like hundreds of yards away from each other shooting from here to there. Right. Whereas we used to just <clears throat> come together and just battle. You know? That's that's a fucking battle. Right. Yeah, it's it certainly has is, is changed, uh, changed how battles are fought. Um, and, I, you know, I, I appreciate exactly what you're saying. Like, if you're on the street and you, you, you find yourself in a position... Right. Not all conflict is life and death. Right. I mean, and honestly, that's the reason why I don't carry. I've thought about it a lot and I might in the future. But the thing is, is it's like, what do they say? You, you take a pistol course. What do they say? You shoot to kill. Absolutely. So it's like you draw your weapon, bam, 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 center mass, double tap, triple tap, you know, whatever it is. Actually, it's not double tap. It's unloading. You unload until the problem is gone. Right. But not all conflict is like that, right? I mean, if someone just, um, you know, the bad guys, they're really good at probing you. They're jackals, right? They're looking for weakness. And if you overcommit and pull out that pistol, you think you've ended the, the right. dynamic. No, you haven't. You, well, you've just bought some time. Of, 80% of people won't pull the trigger. <clears throat> well, not only that. Um, you know, that's on your side, but they know that. The bad guys know that. Right. This is their job. This is what right. they do on the daily. 
they harass people. And so, you know, you're, we're new to the game. Even if you train, it's like you, you're an amateur, they're a professional. And so if you pull that gun on them, they know what to do. And all they're going to do is step back. Hey, man, what are you doing that for? All I wanted was this and that and yada, yada. And, you know, they're just very squishy how they deal with you. It's like a fishy handshake. You just want to slap them, but you don't want to because they stink, you know? Yeah. It's like, so they know exactly what they're doing. At that point, they could still harass you and you got a gun pointed at them. And now what are you going to do? Right. You're going to pull the trigger on a guy who isn't, specifically threatening your life at that moment, dude, you're going to go to prison for a very long time. Right. So I get what, you, what you're saying about the, the pistol because it's not, it's not black and white. And, and a pistol is a very, it's just a death machine. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. So, you know, if someone's got their hands around your neck and whatever, that's a different story. But usually it doesn't go down like that. Yeah. Well, so, and, and my theory too is um, I don't think I'd ever pull my gun unless I was gonna pull the trigger right I don't want them to even know I have it and that's what you're supposed to do right, right? like yeah. why would I even pull it out and point it at you like I if I have grabbed my death machine right my death my death yeah if I've grabbed it right that means I I should be using it yeah I hate that people pull out their gun and just point it at people like you need to calm down blah 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 is what they're that's doing not gonna calm them warranting down. death yeah right is that because that's what you're now doing? You are now threatening death. And the other thing too is um, people who are always like, "Oh, I always conceal carry, 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 carry." I'm just like, "That's dumb," because now I know you have a gun, so I'm going to hit you in the back of the head with a stick, right? And take it, right? Versus like, I would never let anybody know I had a gun on me. Like, yeah, that's fucking dumb. Like, I would conceal carry that thing all day long. Like if I was going to carry, if I committed. Right. It would be concealed. Yeah, absolutely. Not never open carry. I mean, for that reason. You're a target. Well, and then... And they then know who also, to neutralize first. You're involving a whole other group of people, right? So now, if that if this guy who wants to rob you sees you as his target, yeah. knows you have a gun, mm. he's coming back with a gun. Yeah. And he's going to end your life before you have a chance to present that pistol again. Right. Right? Like, that's... That's what's going to happen. Because yeah, he knows you're the target. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's some of the things I say to, uh, I, you know, at the gym I coach at, um, half's combat, half's, like, lifting. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I love it, right? And so that's the thing, too, is people are like, oh, well, I'm an amazing kickboxer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you say that a lot. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to just come directly at you. That means now I need a weapon. Right? Like... If you're if you're a well-known fighter and all this other stuff and now you're provoking me, I'm going to back right down immediately. Yeah. And then as soon as you turn your back, I'm going to hit you with whatever's closest. <laughs> right? Like yep. I'm not a fucking idiot. Mm. I'm not going to try and outbox a Golden Gloves boxer. Like it just not I'm not we're we're made to survive. That's how we do this. We're smart. So telling someone your expertise, telling somebody how good you are at something constantly. First of all, to me, that screams you're probably not. And second, that screams if you are, you're going to get fucked up even more than you thought you were. Because, <laughs> you know, like that, that's when an ashtray comes in, into play. Right. Like, you know, like, I mean, just there's people always are like, well, wait, you're not going to stand here and box me? You just told me you're a Golden Gloves boxer. No. 
I'm going to hit you with a chair. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to grab something I'm in here stupid. and I'm going to smack I'm going to grab it. a fucking pool cue. Yeah. I'm going to hit you with that. Like, I'm not dumb. I'm not going to get in your range. Or I'm going to kick you in the testicles till you pass out. You know? Like, yeah. this is not, this is war. Right? Yep. I want to get back to that type of mentality where I believe two consenting adults of the same sex should be able to fight. Anytime, as long as it's consenting. Uh, I had a buddy. Yeah. So well, this is kind of what we do at the club. Right. Yeah. Well, so what I'm saying is anywhere. Yeah. So I have a friend who used to walk around because in this state, as long as a police officer watches, if there are two consenting adults fighting, all he can do is watch and make sure it doesn't get out of hand. Did you know that in this state? In this state? Yeah. Really? So what he would do is he had a laminated, okay. pre-signed agreement that he would hand to people. Like, <laughs> I'm about to fuck you up. Will you sign this so I don't go to prison? And that's how he would get out of a lot of these fucking conflicts. Because now these people are like, if you die, I want to make sure I don't go to prison for it. Like, now they're understanding this is a whole Damn. different ball game here. <laughs> right. Leave this me guy, alone or else I'm going to Yeah, this guy's fucking shit up, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I do believe that something of that nature should be able to be be done. Because there's also a lot of people who are just, like, coming after you, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to talk shit. I'm not going to stand here and chest bump you. I'm going to hit you. Because conflict over. Right. Most of the time, the person who gets hit in the face first loses. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to knock your fucking brain around, especially with a real fist. You know what I mean? Oh, no yeah. glove, no nothing. You're going down. Right. And I don't take that chance. Like, why would you right. want to, like, sit there and chest bump somebody? And Well, I think it's because in your nature, you probably want to be a peaceful person. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm getting. And I'm the same way. And it's weird. I think some people, there's a certain percentage of the population, they just they just love to be in a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just, they love that conflict. They want to bump your chest. They want to get in your face. They just want to be, I don't know. I don't know why they do it. I'm just, <laughs> you right. know, I'm not that way. It doesn't make any sense to me. It yeah. never made sense to me either. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite scenes, uh, uh, movie scene is like in Tombstone, right? Where oh, yeah. this dude is just sitting there getting in his face. Oh, I'm going to F you. I'm going to do all these things. And then um, <clears throat> Wyatt Earp is just like, Kind of looks the other way, and he grabs the guy's own pistol out of his holster and just clocks him with it. Yeah. Just knocks him out. <laughs> Boom. You know, fight over. Yeah. And I always thought, yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of how I envision it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that idea because yeah. you know I, I don't go in public just to just to fight. Right. It's not my bag. I'm not that guy. Well, I feel like some people need to understand as well that. Sometimes the peaceful resolution is violence. Yes. And that's okay. Absolutely, it's yes. It's in our nature. Like, stop right. fighting it so damn hard. Right. You know, if two people want to fight, let them fight. But if one person's trying to fight someone and they don't want that... Yeah, that's the problem. Then that should be done. That person should say, okay, well then you have lost by declining. Right? It should be like that. As a man, I would never hit somebody who's like, fuck you, bull. I'm like, are we fighting? <laughs> are we going to fight here or yeah. are you just going to keep running your fucking mouth? Because like, this is where this is at. More words are going to, I'm going to hit you. 
Where yeah. are we at here? Yeah. They're yeah. either going to do it or they're not. Like, so if you're not, then I'm going to fucking leave because you're not, you're wasting my time now. Right. You know, so a lot of that would just solve so much conflict. You know, I, I think so. I think so. A, a lot of people, man, I don't know. I don't know what's, what's, um, I don't know if the world has gone crazy or if we just notice more that it's already crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seems to me a lot of a lot of people they just want to look hard, and so they cause a problem. And more likely than not, they're probably singling out somebody who they think isn't seriously going to, yeah, throw hands. Yeah, I hate those guys. They're no fun. They're they're just yeah. they're they're the biggest pussies <clears throat> there is. I th- you know? yeah right. I mean, sorry to use that word, but like sure. you know, they're they're just scaredy cats, right? They're picking on the guy right. who would never hit them. Right. Just getting in that person's face, you know, like. Or they got a buddy who will throw down against anything. Right. And they stir it up and then they get, you know, Olaf to come clean up their, you know, uh, whoever. Absolutely. No, I had a, it was me and two of my buddies went to to a movie. And this guy, my buddy's talking to us. This guy just runs directly into him and falls over. And my buddy's like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, I'm so sorry. He's like, what are you shoving me for? What the fuck? He's, he's a little Russian guy. Right? Oh, man. And we're in high school, so he's about our age, about 16. Yeah. And uh, he starts yelling, and he's like, oh, I'll fuck you up. If there weren't three of you, I'd beat the shit out of you, blah, blah, all this other stuff. And we're like, what? Like, we're just going to go watch this movie, dude. You're tripping. Like, I don't know what the fuck. We watch this movie. We come outside. There's like six cars out front. Russians all over them. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck. There's like got to be like 15 dudes there. Wow. And he's like, oh, that's him, that's him. And then I looked over at the guy he was talking to. He's a really good friend of mine, Dimitri. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, he said you shoved, this is my little brother. He said you guys shoved him and was like bullying him in this, in this thing. I said, come here, dude. Why? What would we do that for? Like, I had no intention. You know who I am. If my buddy was doing that, I'd tell him to fuck off and stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care who the kid is. Like, there was no... We didn't do any of that shit. He ran into him and then tried to start a fight over it. And then said he wasn't going to do anything because there was three of us. We were confused and went and watched the movie. If we were going to do anything, we'd have followed him outside. Right? And so Dimitri just snatches his little brother up and throws him in the fucking (laughs) car. He's like... (laughs) And they all just get in their cars and leave. That kid yeah. came to school the next day with a fucking black eye. Oh. We didn't even know he went to our school. Because he just, we didn't know him. Yeah, yeah. And then we, you know, after that, you see him and he's got this huge fucking black eye. Dude, like, every kid's, yeah. We were always just lucky. Lucky I fucking knew his older brother. Oh, seriously. Because. That would have been bad. They wouldn't have given a shit. They'd have beat our ass. Right. Russians don't fuck around a lot, you know? Nope. <laughs> Especially when there's 15 of them. You yeah, know? Like, right. They're there for a reason. But uh, yep. And Dimitri didn't fuck around with anybody. Yeah. I mean, he he turned out to be a real piece of shit. Like, yeah. uh, he tried to get into, like, you know, be the Russian mobster guy. So, yeah, like, yeah. I remember one time uh, I was over at his house, and uh, he was married at the time. He used to beat the shit out of his wife. And she wouldn't uh, leave or nothing. I think she was there. Like, straight off the boat. Yeah, okay. She, she spoke some English, but, like, right. nobody ever heard her speak. And since me and him were really good friends, I'm like, hey, 
Like, what is your name even? Like, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She just looks to him. And he's like, okay. And so sh- then she's allowed to speak. Ooh. And I'm like, fuck this, dude. Dude, You're that is dick. super like, ortho. I don't know what that it is. It was That's... terrible. Whoa. So bad. So Whoa. it was just one of those things. He got shot in the face. Ooh. Like, I want to say three years after that little encounter Ooh. with his wife. Um, but that's the thing too. It's one of those like when an alcoholic dies of liver cancer, mm. you're kind of like, that sucks. But like, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, Dimitri was that dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, I saw that coming. He's yeah. a real piece of shit to everybody who wasn't his friend. If you were his friend, you're like family. Right. Right. But if you're not, he would just fuck with everybody. He right. Did not give a shit. Ooh. Yeah. It's too bad, man. But, it's too bad. Yeah, and then what are you supposed to do about that? Like, fucking, you used to beat the shit out of his wife. But that's, that's like, Dude, part of their culture. Oh, man, I know. That that just, that sucks. That mm-hmm. sucks hard. It's, yeah, like, it... When well, if she reported him, she'd be fucking... Right. Back, what, sent back to Russia. Where's she gonna go? Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently there's rules around that. I didn't know that till probably, like, five, six years ago. I guess if someone's, uh, someone can gain their citizenship mm. by being a, a victim of domestic violence. Really? Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine, her husband hit her. Uh huh. She reported it to the police, and they ended up giving her citizenship and asylum, and deported him. You know what? I I actually like. That. I think that's a good idea. I think so. I yeah, because uh, you know a lot of these guys, they probably figure that's probably part of the the equation that they that they yeah, figure. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. Dude, that's that that ain't cool. Yeah. I mean, it's. I don't even have to say that. That's, right. That's, well, there was, man, that's there was a whole a lot of backdrop on, on all the stories with Dimitri and all that <laughs> shit. There was a lot yes. more going on. Sounds but, like it. But he, uh, yeah, he definitely deserved what he got. Yeah. And I, I mean, I liked the guy as a human one-on-one. Right. But just who he was as a person, no. Nah. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that weird yeah. how duplicitous we all can be? And are, and some people more so? <laughs> it, it's very yeah. intense. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Um, well, you had a list yeah, of man, stuff you wanted to go talk from here. about. Yeah, okay. I know. That was a good story, and I'm like, what the? Wow. All right, so let's let's get into this here. Da-da. See, we talked about... Oh, dude. Okay, I know. We're, we're still on this thing. Okay. I just got to say this one thing, because it's really interesting. Okay. Um, so, human beings... Yes. Uh, you know, we were just talking about your old buddy, Dimitri. Yeah. Um, and just how how he was. And um, that actually fits, uh, just kind of default, really, what humanity is, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good things about it, but there's a lot of, there's that, obviously, that dark side to it, too. Right. So, um, this whole sore journey for me was about fitness, Ironically, right? Yeah. Like, I wanted to be fit because at, like, 85 years old, I wanted to go hiking somewhere. Like, I wanted to go travel. I wanted to be healthy to do the things I wanted to do. And so that's why I decided the sword fighting because you get that martial arts, but you wear a lot of equipment. You're not getting totally pounded um, um, in, in, in HEMA. I mean, you are. You're getting bruises and stuff, but it's, it's not, like, super crushing. Although there is that, that uh, armored combat, right? The, the yeah. boo hurt. Which is, dude, it that is something else. That is super cool. Are you even gonna try it? I, I well, I've I've um, I've been in armor before. Um, it, when I was living in SoCal, um, I like it. But here's my problem with it: 
it wrecks your body. <laughs> really? Dude, it wrecks your like body. Like just wearing the armor or that whole fight? The fighting. Shit. Dude, because here's the thing. Like, you've got your, your, your plates everywhere, right? You've got your armor. Well, first, you, you have your, um, your gambeson that you wear. It's like your padded jacket. Yeah. So you wear the padded stuff all around you, and then you put on the plates. But you're going to have gaps. Yeah. Well, the whole point of Boohurt is to get your opponent on the ground any way you can. Yeah. Um, there's few things you cannot do. Um, and some of those things happen on accident anyway. Okay. Uh, you cannot get struck like behind the knee because mm. you, you don't have armor there. Mm -hmm. You just have your padded jacket. But the weapons that they use is full metal. And it's not like historical swords and stuff. These are these are beefier. They weigh more. Oh shit. Yeah, and they're like iron steel bars, like little steel bars. You know, two millimeters worth of uh, worth of metal on the edges, and they hit like a truck. <laughs> so, and imagine putting one of these uh, heads on a on a on a on a heft, right? A, a a giant wooden shaft. They call them halberds. Yeah. The force you can generate with a halberd, I've seen. I've seen this with my own eyes where these guys can crank that halberd down onto a three millimeter thick hardened steel helmet that's curved and like domed with a, with a point on it, specially made to deflect vector force. And I've seen this halberd just on several occasions connect with that helmet and just dent it in. Boop. Like you see their helmets and they're good for like two seasons. They're denting them back in. Grown men are bending steel with steel. Like the human body, the force we can generate with these things is just immense. Yeah. Well, that's against like, you know, your head. Um, you know, the, and you have like a faceplate. Sometimes weapons get in, on the inside and shields. You can shield bash, right? Um, sometimes that, like there's that seam, right? So you have your helmet on and then you've got the face mask that comes over. And they do overlap, like the edge of the helmet part over your face, there's this overlap between, but sometimes, like that's the weak spot. So sometimes that bends in and it'll like smack you in the face, cut you up. That part's not so bad. Jeez. The hard part is when you're in the melee, right? It's five on five. And you're pressing and you're fighting and one guy's got another guy locked up and, and there's like this, um, how do I say it? It's, it's called the list. It's a, the wooden corral, basically. It's, a, it's like a rectangle that runs around. Well, there's a, whole, um, there's a whole strategy of holding on to the list, onto the, the top rail, and you're fighting somebody. Um, and remember, you're wearing 80 pounds of gear, 60 to 80. Um, and so every move that you make, you get more tired. It's, this, it's, um, it's like... It feels like CrossFit, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you just you're holding on and you're you're conserving your energy and you're beating on a guy who's beating on you and his buddy comes around and he starts whacking your legs with this big halberd. Um, they aim for the gaps because of course they do because it's more efficient because it hurts more to get you to go down. So they're gonna so you have this this plate across your thigh. Well, they're gonna hit you in the back of the thigh where you don't have plates. And sometimes they miss and they hit you in the back of the knee. Whether it's on purpose or on accident, most of the time it's on accident. But it does happen occasionally. Dude, it's, it's gnarly.
anyway, um, um, it's fun to watch. These guys, <clears throat> a lot of these guys, they're like veterans, and they need something to replace combat, yeah. right? Yeah. And from their perspective, this is a lot safer. The camaraderie that they feel, just the sheer animal adrenaline dump that these guys all have. It's it's um it has its place and it's amazing and it's and it's 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 a sight to behold. It's really cool. <clears throat> I've committed to liking my body, <laughs> right. so I will do like like I want to do one on one fights because I can see it coming. I'm locked in with this guy. If he beats me, hey, I get beat, right? I'm that's the acceptable risk level that I'm willing to take. But the melees, I just I just don't want to do it because I'm gonna get hurt. I'm 40, I'll be 45 next year. Wow. Dude, I'm, it's not for me. Yeah. Hemus for me, the more, it's more technical. Um, the, the swords that we use, they have, they're spring steel, they have flex on them. <clears throat> That's kinetic enough for me. Um, yeah. It probably still hurt. It's, it hurts. Like yeah. you could break stuff. You could break a hand, you could break a rib, you can break, you know, but it's, it's not the same level. Like if you have an equipment failure, Doing boo hurt, you're gonna to go to the hospital, and I know guys have gone to the hospital. Like, um, you know, the helmets can't come off, and so they've they've made this rule. So there's, oh gosh, what year was this? I think this was 2018 or 2019. So there's a there's a there's um a big U.S. meetup. It's called ITOC. It's an acronym. I forget what it what it's called. Um, the long form. But anyway, they, they meet, and it's like uh, in, the, in the central part of the country, and all these clubs meet up, and it's super cool. But what happened was one of, one of the strategies is if someone's uh, on, the, on the list or just fighting someone, if you have a hefted weapon, um, you know, like, a, like an axe with a long handle, something like that, or a halberd, if you can get that to the, like over their head and you're pulling them in, the way that the armor works is that these helmets, they weigh like 12 to 20 pounds. And so if you can tilt their center of gravity, if you could tilt them forward, it's really weird how it feels when you're wearing this armor. It's all balanced as long as you're balanced. But as soon as you kind of tip over your knee, your head over your knee, all of a sudden it feels weird. It's like someone is on your neck and they're pulling you down. So, that, so that's a legit technique. They get this heft and they, they like put it behind your head and they pull because they want to tip you down so you fall easy. Well, so a lot of these helmets, when you do that and your head's down, your helmet comes right off. And it's a melee. And these guys, like, axe heads, swords, everything's just flying in the air. Well, on accident, what happened is one guy was pulling on this dude and his head went forward. His helmet came off. But, but it's like two on one. So some guy, the moment that helmet came off, a guy had already launched his attack. And he took an axe right to the head. And this guy had such a dense skull that he lived. Like, it hit him, gosh, like right in the skull. And, you know, everyone stopped the game. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, I just murdered somebody, you know. Oh, guy went to the hospital, ER, everything. He's um, fine. Sent pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but he's lucky because he's got a bonehead. You right. know what I mean? So, uh, I know, it's nuts. So, anyway, they've kind of massaged out the rules a little bit and sort of changed some things so to no minimize that. Now? Is that what it is? Or? You can't, like, um, no, you can still do that, but there's a certain, it's a subtle thing. Like, you can't, you can't do it in such a way where their helmet comes off. The way that we're doing it before was more efficient, and so sometimes that helmet would slip off. 
but you can't um, do it quite like that anymore. I think you can't. Someone else who, who knows more about it can, can tell me, but there's a certain action you can't do to like that swipes their helmet off. Okay. It was a freak thing, but it happened. It's, so I, I attribute that to equipment failure. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, no one meant to, but it happens. Sounds amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> Dude, it's really cool. But like I said, for me, I'm only going to do the one-on-ones right. just because I know my opponent I've been training. They've been training. We're in the same weight class-ish. And we're going to go for it. Does anybody ever run in home. there without any weapons? It, you can't. You have to have weapons. Otherwise, it's just grappling, which is its own thing. Cool. Right? Um, so you have to have a weapon in your hand in order to do it. Otherwise, you would just, like, tackle. What if we had, like, like fucking big old brass knuckles or something like that? We have brass knuckles anyway, but they're steel. Like, you got these big oh, steel shit. gauntlets. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like your hands are a big target. So, um, yeah, you, you, you have them already. So, you, they can, and sometimes, like, they'll lose their sword or whatever, or, or they'll, they'll have the sword in their hand. You can still punch somebody, and you got your steel gauntlet on. You're punching a guy in the face, he's got a steel helmet, but it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So, sounds like a lot of fun. It's pretty dope. <laughs> so I, I, I know some guys, uh, if you wanted to try it out, I, you know, there's a couple guys I can get you into contact with. And, yeah, it's like yeah. Southern Oregon though, right? Yamhill. Mid, middle? Where? Yamhill. Yamhill, okay. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half from here. Yeah. Um, cool guys. That'd be um, fun. Yeah, there's, up north, there's, a, there's a, some more guys, but I really, I really like Daniel. He's, he's the guy who, who runs it down there. And yeah, uh, yeah just. So when, something like that, I'd want to like commit. A lot mm-hmm. too, you know what I mean. So it'd be, I'd really love to do it, like just for either just for once for fun, yeah, or like, or I'd go overboard like I do with everything else. <laughs> well, that's the the cool thing about Boohert is that it's for people who go overboard, right? And and because of the gear, like you're not gonna get totally. I know this goes against what I just said, <laughs> but usually what happens is people go full bore at each other, and everyone's just a tank. So what you, the actions you take it normally would just mess someone up to a bloody pulp, but it doesn't happen, and you're both doing it, and that's the appeal, right? It's just until you get that accident or that um, or that equipment failure where something happens. So, but here's the Forster thing, though. The Forster thing is, these guys who who practice in the full metal, they wear the soft gear, the same soft gear that we put on, to practice. Cool. So these hardcore steel fighters, they practice in their soft gear. And that's for a reason. Yeah. It's, you know, to stay healthy while they're training. And they'll, they'll put on their steel too, and they'll do the steel. Um, but it's expensive, and they're always popping rivets and stuff and repairing them. And it's, yeah, like a, like a good outfit, uh, full armor, it costs you five, five Gs. You That's you can piecemeal it um, for less, like as you go, um, but yeah, I mean five Gs. That's I so don't have five Gs. What if you just wear up. a helmet? Is that a no go? Yeah, it's a no go. <laughs> I mean, okay. if if you're at that point, you're gonna be you would wear your um, soft gear. Okay. Yeah, yeah, soft gear, and so they do grappling. They do a lot of jujitsu guys, like people who know jujitsu or, or MMA. Um, all of that is is very applicable to um, steel combat, and in the soft armor, 
um, that's where all that comes into play, right? So you're in the grapple and the game ends, you're out when you hit the ground. So you, there's certain things that you do to, to get them on the ground, but if they grab you and pull you down, you're out too. Wow, shit. Yeah, so it's kind of cool like that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, things like you don't want to let them get on the inside of you, so you got to, like, you know, the protective triangle, that whole thing. You don't want you don't want a leverage against um, against you to, like, pull you down. You don't want to, you know, get over somebody's hip and down you go, that kind of thing. Right. There's no arm bars. You can't do, like, holds and bars and stuff like that because in armor, it's just, it's different. Like, the steel on steel sticks. It gets sticky. Well, just think it's grinding, right? You ha okay. especially if like you have the edge of your steel plate against an edge of their steel plate, it's it binds and it's sticky. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It, it it creates a different dynamic, so that's why you can't do like arm holds and stuff, because you've got the extra weight on. They've got the extra weight on, and when they go down, they go down hard, and you don't want to be holding someone's forearm when they go. Oh shit! You know yeah. what I mean? That extra eighty pounds on them. Yeah. In the warfare, they did though. Yeah. But they'd also stab each other. Like, that's one rule yeah. for Boohurt. There's no thrusting allowed. Damn. Because your armor has gaps. That's, like, the fastest way to kill somebody in armor yeah. is to thrust something at them. So, for obvious reasons, that's not in the rule set. It's not okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you can use any weapon? Um, they have weapons that, um, that are made for it. But you look at it, it's like, dude, I could murder somebody with this. It's just this steel bar that's shaped that looks like a sword. But it, it's more robust. It weighs more. There's no give to it. I mean, Jeez. it's a freaking murder weapon, dude. And just the fact that you're wearing your gear, you're good. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's weightlifting, definitely. Like, if you're going to do that, you got to do that. And you got to do, like, hit drills, high-intensity interval training. Um, so... Around so they it's five on five. This is their this is their bread and butter game. It's five on five. Yeah. You gotta get the other team down, everyone down. So it's three rounds. So best best um, best of three. Jeez, so you gotta man. win two. Um each round lasts about maybe a minute to a minute and a half. Really? Yeah. It just goes till there's the last guy standing. Okay. Yeah. So and there's rest. And then you, you got to hit it again. But, dude, it's it's like fighting in water, I guess. Worse. Oh, man. Yeah, it's you're fast, but just holding your arm out, you have like, you know, an extra 15 pounds, 20 pounds of armor on your arm, right? But it's, it's weird because it, it fits you. It's tailor-made to you. Like, these are tailored things. Like, right. you put your measurements into guys in Eastern Europe who make your armor. It's your... It fits you. But it's that heavy. That would be hard, too, though, because I fluctuate so much. Yeah. That'd be really hard. Yeah. Because it's got to fit right on you or it's going to hurt even more, right? There's some leeway, obviously, because you're, you're wearing a, a padded jacket under it. Right. Right? But it's, it's close. So, like, when you... Yeah, it's... It, it fits... Decent, but I mean... I like that you said that it's like fighting in water. Because like as soon hard. as you said that, I pictured it. Just like... Right. Like just because you're... It's not that slow, but it's that hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That sounds like... So you've done it before? I've done it. Oh, yeah. man. It's fun. <laughs> but I can't allow myself 
just this is just me personally. Like I can't allow myself to do it because I'm gonna get hurt. Right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up my knee. Right. I need my knees. <laughs> so. It's hard, man. Because I'll do uh, it in the soft gear though, all day long. I'll do it in the soft gear. Well, that's how I feel about a uh, strongman. You know, like I mean, you're pushing your body to the absolute limit constantly. Some of the stuff is scary. I mean, like, you know what a circus dumbbell is? Yeah. It's like the one thing. Uh, I was just talking about this in class the other day. So I put up about a 150-pound circus dumbbell, but I put it down way too far behind me. Oh. And so when I went down, the butt, the I went flat on my back, and this dumbbell just grazed the top of my head. Just went boom and just hit the ground behind me, like inch or two forward, or if my head wasn't so round, or whatever the fuck, it'd just oh, smash me in the forehead. Damn. Yeah, that's 150 pounds, man. It's not a not a game. That would have been dunzo. I had another friend who dropped a 220-pound keg on his shoulder, doing the same thing, because he yeah. tried to throw it up, went down, and it just, boom, just obliterated. Everything that was there, his shoulder, his chest, some ribs, like, damn. yeah, if he was like a couple inches lower, it'd have smashed his heart. Oh. Those yeah. are the ones that you... Throw up over the, no. over the bar? So we do uh, press. Okay. So we take a real keg, yeah. like not the small ones that mm-hmm. they throw, like a full-size keg, and you take it, you lap it, and then you sit it up on your chest, and then you press it overhead. So okay. what happens is there's a way to, it's called Viper, take it from your lap, and then you just throw it all the way up, use your momentum to keep it going, okay. almost like a snatch. Yeah. But when he did that, he was so off balance, he fell backwards, and it landed on his shoulder. Boom. So he went down and it... And the ones he was using... So there's a couple different types. You can fill them with water, which aren't going to weigh that much, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you can't get them to weigh... It's still heavy. Yeah. Uh, You can fill them with sand, which is a bitch, because it shifts. Shifts, yeah. You know? and then But these ones were filled with concrete. Oh. So it was like just... A big ass chunk of thing, you know what I mean? Like there was no playing with it, and so when you fill them with concrete, wow. you fill them on their side, okay, so that you can like kind of roll it as it dries, so it kind of fills up the inside okay. like that, yeah. so it's not just on one side or the other, right? It's always going to be a little shifty, right? But uh, I, when I say that, I mean it's you're not going to be able to perfectly mm-hmm. dry it like that, yeah. But uh, yeah, so he went down with the concrete one. Damn, it was nuts. Oof. People tearing tenants all the time, dropping. I saw someone drop a 900-pound tire on their leg, trying to put their leg underneath it to kick it, uh-huh. and then it just came back down, smashed their leg. Yeah, crazy. I mean, but if it's your thing, you <laughs> right. got. I mean, you got to. Like, right. if it's your thing, you got to do it. Right. Absolutely. Right? And so, you know, these things happen, and you know, we obviously we don't want them to happen. Competitors certainly don't want it to happen to them. Right. But it's part of the deal. I mean, it's part of the deal, right? Like people who ride motorcycles, they all know someone who got, you know, yeah. messed up on their ride, but they do it because they love it. And it's, you got, if you love the thing and you're taking precautions, dude, you've made the decision. Yeah. So. And that, that's the thing too, is that that's what adds to it. Yeah. I wouldn't like Strongman as much if it couldn't maybe kill me. Yeah. If it was perfectly safe, it's just like. Going to work and clacking on the keyboard. I watched Born, so Born to be Strong. Have you seen that on Netflix? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I watched that again last night. Okay. Ah. And uh, this guy, I think it was Eddie Hall. Um, 
I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about risk. Oh, dying. Right. So he, he said something about it. He's like, yeah, fastest man in the world, the fattest man in the world. Sure. He's like, but there's something about being the strongest man in the world. Yeah. Like, that title is unbeatable. Like, sure, there are people who would think fastest man in the world would be best, right? Or whatever. But, like, for me, him saying that, the strongest man in the world. Yeah. That's what I want to be. That's totally tapping into, like, the whole Hercules demigod kind of thing, right? Atlas holding up the world. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's fucking intense, and it's in our blood, you know? Yeah. Just men sitting around like, bitch, I could pick up that rock. (laughs) I bet you can't. Watch me. Yeah. You know? And they're like, okay, well, then pick up the bigger one now. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, jackasses. Usually (laughs) drunk at a bar. Dude, speaking of, you you said that. It's like, it just reminds me. So I read this book. When I say I read this book, I listened to this audio book, but I'm going to sound more hoity twin say that I read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the uh, Natural Born Heroes. That's the name of this book. And it came out, I don't know, 2015 or something. So I listened to it. And they talked about in the Isle of Crete, right? That's like touted as the birthplace of sort of like this Greco Roman identity thing. And so they have this deep tradition of what they would do. Is these a lot of strong men came out of Crete, especially in those days. And so they would start by picking up a calf. So a part of your strongman regiment, you pick up a calf, and you walk this circle. I don't know how big it is, but it's big enough. You walk this circle and you put the calf down. Every day you pick up that same calf and you walk the circle. Yeah. Well, you know the calves grow up in a hurry. So the idea is by the time they're a cow, you could pick up this cow and walk the circle. Right. And this is the, this ancient tradition. And they did that with rocks too, right? So they would pick the one rock and they'd pick it up and they'd walk the circle and then, you know, graduate. So the, the cow, the picking up the calf, is how they were able to graduate to the bigger rocks. That's and it's awesome. just this thing that's not a weight. I mean, you know, the calf is probably moving and all this. Right. And you got to, it's part of the deal, man. That's what makes you stronger, right? It's right. not this perfectly balanced bar. It's this thing you got to, yeah, that's really intense. Yeah, strongman's awesome. Super you know? cool. Powerlifting to me is a little boring with just bench, squat, and deadlift. I'm yeah. like, cool, right? But like, I pick up stuff. Like, I, I deadlifted a fucking F350. You know, like, wow, yeah, they put, they put shit underneath the car, uh-huh. and then you just have, like, a rack, and you're just oh, like, yeah. so, so it'll take, because if you were to just, like, stick it in the hitch, mm-hmm. you'd be pulling most of the shocks, right? Oh, right, So they yes. drive onto a ramp, okay, and then you pick up the ramp. Yeah, that makes sense. It was, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, but just like, to see you doing that. Who, like, who gets to say they did that, after, right? I pulled a fucking fire truck. Uh, we did a plane pull. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a 12... 12,000 ton plane. That's cool. Or some shit. And there was like five of us. And we won. Because it was, it was funny. It was like a, it's like a fundraiser they do every year. Yeah. And then like six strong men show up. And we're all fucking huge. And like, <laughs> I was the smallest dude there. Yeah. And I was big at the time. Yeah. And we just... Like we ran with this fucking plane. Like it That's was... So everybody amazing. else was like, uh, trying to pull on it. And there was even uh, this group that like loud... Very, very poofy muscles, mm-hmm. the bodybuilder types. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, 
and they were just so annoying. American flag, everything, fake mullet on, the big stupid glasses. Fake mullet. <laughs> it, was, it was just dumb, right? Right, and right. And we just, we crushed them. And it was amazing. Yeah. Bodybuilding is really interesting. It's not my bag. I mean, it's, I mean, you're, you're putting in the time, you're getting ripped. You're, I mean, there's this whole thing to it. Well, Kai Green, At the end of the day, I don't get it. Kai Green explained it as powerlifting and strongman and stuff, that's all about, that's a strength sport. Yeah. Bodybuilding is an art form. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. So what you're trying to do is get the most extension and contraction of your muscles mm. as you can possibly get to make it as big, dense, and like wide as you possibly sure. can. And so Kai Green, I don't know if you know who he is. I don't know who he is. Well, um, he, he's huge, right? He's just fucking massive. and uh, But I just thought it was the, the best way I've heard so far of explaining it. Sure. I feel like bodybuilding is an art form. And I feel like Eddie Hall also did it, uh, explained it really well, too. He's like, bodybuilding, the way they judge it is there's three fucking people sitting there and saying, I think you're the best. Whereas in, like, strongman, you got to prove it. Yeah, you're putting up numbers. Yeah, how come yeah. How come you won? Well, I did one more rep than he did. I'm stronger. Right. Argue with that. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no yeah. arguing with it. You are officially the strongest man in the world. There's a certain aesthetic, too, that strong men have. I mean, bodybuilders, it's its thing. It's impressive. I mean, look, they could be wasting their life doing something. But they decided to do something amazing. Right. I ain't going to take that away. Because that's super cool. Like, in its own thing. For me, though, I'm a very practical person. And so right. seeing a strongman competition, it's like, dude, this guy can you know, do all this stuff. And he trains his body to be able to handle all this stuff, right? Because, I mean, strength doesn't, raw strength doesn't translate to usable strength. Right. Necessarily. I mean... That's why I like yeah. strongman over powerlifting. Yeah. We're doing things. Right. And, and the aesthetic of the body just changes. It's like, dude... Oh, yeah. I never want to mess with a guy like that. He looks like a human bull. Well, it's funny. You know what I mean? They're usually the sweetest fucking dudes. You know, the biggest, oh, totally. big old fucking strongman. Like Brian Shaw's a yeah. sweetheart. Eddie Hall played the villain, played the dickhead. Yeah. Flipping people off while he's work, while he's in mid-competition, stuff like that. But he's a good dude. Yeah. You know, he's done a lot for, uh, he's done a lot for strongman. I don't know if you've seen them all now, though. They've all realized that weight, like being fat, morbidly obese isn't helping and uh okay it really is it's beautiful like you're seeing these fucking strongmen with abs now and strongman abs are way different yeah they are they're, they're huge right so it's not like this perfectly little cut up thing no it's just like lumps sticking out of their fucking stomach because their core yeah. is just so stupid <laughs> and um that's one of the things I work with in my class a lot. We do core every day. Uh-huh. Like, because core is the core of all of the shit we're doing. Like, if you can't, if your squat isn't going up fast enough, it's probably your core. Right? Like, yeah. if, if your squat's going over your head, your core will hold it up. Right? Like, your core, it's named very well. <laughs> it is the core of your body. Right? Like, so the stronger it is, the better. I mean, I can do some weird shit, like, in, in abs that, like, gymnasts can do. But, like, people are seeing me do it. I'm fucking, I'm a big guy, you right. know? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So I do that, that ab raise, uh, the, the leg raises where I lay down, hold onto a bar, and I can lift with just my abs and no hip. 
right? So most people will like bend their legs and then pull their legs up and touch the bar. Whereas I can go straight from ground all the way up. Ah. And I'm just bending here. Yeah. It's it. That's I didn't think it was that impressive until you start getting around a bunch of people who think it's fucking impressive. <laughs> I know? think that's impressive. Well, it's the same thing with pull-ups. I can do pull-ups. And the reason is I would do three sets of ten, three grips each. Right? And so it's overhand, underhand, natural grip. And it's funny because in this class, he's like, oh, great, we're doing 90 pull-ups again. And I'm like, what? Like, no, that's a lot. Like, we're not doing 90 pull-ups. We're just going to do this three sets of ten, three different grips each. Oh, right, that's 90. Well, now I see why I'm so good at them. You know what I mean? Because I do them every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it would just, it takes time to do it, but it's fucking crazy. You know? So, I don't know, man. I love just raw, real strength that correlates. I mean, like, I was at Home Depot, and we're loading up fucking concrete, and I'm just picking it up with one hand and throwing it in there. Uh-huh. Like, just yeah, throwing it cool in the back feeling. of my fucking truck. Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's intoxicating. To be fucking strong as shit. To be like yeah. breaking doors on accident because you think they have more hold to them than they do. <laughs> you know doors that kind of swing open and you're like, whoops. Sure. Yeah, like, imagine yeah. being really fucking strong and having a door just boom. Like I've broken a few. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you don't always look as strong as you are. That's the interesting part, isn't it? It is. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is because of uh, media, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, to be strong, you have to be some, you know, 4% body fat or something. Uh, that ain't how it is. And, uh, yeah, so. And that's, that's, you know, one thing about when there's, when there's people who know how, to, know how to sword fight and you, you're sparring with these guys. You size them up, they look nothing like, like Hollywood superstars. They just look like people. And right. you get to fight, and it's like, damn, this guy's really good. Yeah, this guy's—he knows his stuff. He's, um, wow. You wouldn't think that action could come so strongly out of his body, but it did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I think there's a certain aesthetic appeal um, that human beings just have, and I, I don't know why it is, but often it's just so different to um, actual strength, like to do something <coughs> excuse me to do it efficiently like I forgot what I was going to say um, well you, you, know, you know what I'm yeah. saying like you do well it's I feel like it's because back in the day if you looked like a bodybuilder does it's because you were doing strongman shit until you were that big yeah you know because that so that big poofy big muscular looking thing correlated back then right Whereas now that we can do it for aesthetics and make it just look the way we want it to look without, like we've taken a lot of science into it. Like figuring out how to bodybuild. That's just poofiness. That guy's not that strong. The Rock. The Rock? That's a big fucking dude. Yeah. He's not that strong. Yeah. I'm stronger than he is. Like in almost everything. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not even like a professional strongman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you got to think about that. This guy really... Well, he wakes up at 5 a.m. and he does this whole workout <clears throat> and all this other stuff. Yeah, but he's like hitting sets of fucking 20. You know what I mean? Really just pumping blood into his muscles and expanding them and making them just yeah. goofy. That's all it is. Right. I mean, correlate that over to some real fucking lifting. Picked up that giant rock right there. He's not going to be able to do that. I've always been impressed with the functional 
strength of something. Yeah. Like doing that thing. Like there's a real problem in life that you got to get past with your body. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I always like that. Um, with weapons, it's like cheat mode kind of, but you still have to do it, right? right. So there's that window where somebody's open. How do I get my sword there? That's a lifetime of chasing the right mechanics in order to do that, right? Um, another reason why I like weapon martial arts is because if you have strong technique, and strong technique helps everything. with everything, right? Yeah. The reason why I like it is because women are not so lopsided because they have a weapon. Okay. You know what I mean? So... In the past and even now, like a, a woman who is competently trained with a sword can beat a, a man who is equally um, trained if she sticks to the technique. I mean, she has to be strong enough, right, to be able to parry and all that. Um, but if she has equal technique, she could beat him. Yeah. And she'll be like, you know, half his strength or three quarters of his strength or probably three quarters. This is probably more realistic. Three quarters of strength. She still beat him. Um, and why that's important is because if I go up against somebody and they're just a freaking gorilla, right. right? And he's got a sword, that means I've got a chance, <laughs> right? If I focus on my technique, I could beat this dude, right? Or this bear. Right. right, I can I can defend myself against this bear because I have a weapon and because my technique is better. Yeah, so that's why weapons are cool. Um, so it's that you got to have that strength, but you got to leverage it in a specific way for the specific time um, to focus your energy to make the to make that. That hit, right? Yeah. I'll just call it a hit. Um, what's interesting is that um, if someone throws a rock, right, just a fist-sized rock, and someone shoots a nine-millimeter bullet, the 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 force is the same. Hmm. In uh, yeah, in in the energy that it takes to get those things to do what they do is roughly the same. Interesting. Okay. But the nine millimeter bullet obviously is more devastating to the human body than the rock. Well, the rock is traveling slower. It's also bigger. It weighs a lot more, and so the the cross section of force is bigger, and it's going to mess you up. Like no one wants to get hit in the head with a rock. Right. It could really mess you up. But if you get shot in the head with a nine millimeter bullet, your, your chances are you're you're not going to make it. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, that, that's the difference, right? Because the force is focused into a smaller area. And that's all that a weapon does. So the force on the end of a sword is actually much less than a punch. But the idea is that it's a steel is stronger than flesh. Right. And if you hone it, sharpen it, that, that, that area of force converges into that teeny spot in that you know, hits you, your body in a certain way, it's going to take your arm off. Yeah. Well, you can't take someone's arm off with a punch, but there's actually more force coming out than with the sword. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy. Yeah. You're just focusing the force. Yeah. 
Well, so what would your stance be? Like, you see in movies all the time, one dude covered in fucking armor, big sword, whatever, and then the other dude wearing nothing. Like, there's got to be a huge advantage to not wearing the armor, and then a huge advantage to wearing the armor. <clears throat> um, gen- Who thinks better? That's my, my question. Like, well, I guess it would be skill. Well, it's about the warrior, isn't it? Um, you know, someone who is vastly more competent without armor versus someone in armor who is incompetent, they're going to, they, the chances are they, they, (laughs) dude, swords, it's so weird. Like anything could happen, honestly, anything could happen. But, um, the guy who is competent out of armor has a, has a big chance. Someone who's inexperienced with the armor um, they don't have the advantage they think they have. However, I will say that armor is a pretty freaking big advantage. Like yeah. when you when you put on armor, it's you like you cannot cut like plate armor. You can't cut through it. You're you're not gonna cut through it. It's super effective. You give up a little bit of mobility, but it's um, a whole suit of armor weighs less than what a soldier takes to war. Like your pack, your gun, your your ammo, like your your fancy gear, like everything you've got is like 120 pounds, something like that. And it's on your pack. It's all over the place. It's imbalanced. So our guys today fight their wars way down much more and a lot less balanced than full armored knights. They're wearing 80 pounds of gear and it's all tailor made to fit their body. So they're, they're, they're actually pretty quick. It's okay. just you wear out faster. So like when you put on that much armor and you're fresh, you're really impenetrable. It's like a, it's like a high, um, it's, it, you are, you're a high tech machine on a battlefield. And so your horse, you, your armor, your weapons, they're all components that creates this human tank, right? But it has a mission and it does its mission, but then it has to come back and it has to get rearmed. You need a new lance. You need to make sure your armor is still good. Maybe you need a fresher horse now. So they swap out the horse. Um, they give you a new lance. Maybe you need a little rest and then they get you to go out again. And so that's why a knight needs a squires. It's like his, um, it's his crew. It's like having a race car, things go wrong. And your crew helps you out. They get you back in. Boom, you go. It's really kind of interesting like that. Interesting. I've never thought about that. But that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. in order to have that high performance battle machine, yeah. there's too much for just one person to work on. Yeah. Like it'd have to have, be a couple people. And how would you even work on it when you're wearing it? You can't. Right. Like, I mean, there's no way. So you'd have to come back, get all that stuff taken care of. Mm-hmm. So is that why most most armies just have like a breastplate, like gauntlets and a helmet? Yeah. Okay. Right. For infantry, you're saying? Yeah. 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 Um, like especially if you're walking all day. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those guys didn't even wear leg armor. They just, you know, center mass, protect their, their vitals. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and a helmet. Helmet's like number one kit for sure. Everyone wants to hit your head. Really? Why? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, when you're boxing, that's what you want to hit. 
just yeah, but they don't knock you the fuck out. Like I, I don't see how like chopping into a head that'd probably be the hardest thing to hit, wouldn't it? Not necessarily. I mean, yes and no, right? One on one and group fighting is totally different. I mean, it's similar, obviously, but it's it's your um, when you when you're fighting in a battle line, everything changes. Like when you're in a duel, it's mano y mano. It's like who's the best, okay. and you have your there's no objective other than beating them. In a in a in a battle or a skirmish, whatever, there's stakes involved. You're getting into this conflict because your team wants something. What is that something? And whatever that something is depends. Uh, uh, your actions depend on how are you going to leverage most efficiently that something you want. And so that's 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 what you're fighting for in that particular moment. And so you're not rushing headlong just to get the guy out or kill the guy in front of you. You're there. You want to lock him up. You want to lock him up. And so if I'm in a battle line and there's a battle line facing us, what kind of weapons do they have? What kind of armor do they have? As they move to you, how do you perceive they're moving? Are there gaps? Can you perceive one unit next to another? Like these guys, these five guys train together for sure. But in between the fifth guy and the sixth guy, there's this other group. And maybe they train together. Maybe they're not as well trained. Maybe they don't look as confident. Maybe they're more loose in their motions. But maybe there's a gap between those dudes and the first group of dudes. And that gap is what you want to exploit. You want to rush that gap. Uh, split them and roll the flank. It's what you want to do. Um, but usually when you're fighting the guy in front of you, you just want to grab his attention so the guy next to you can ear hole him. Jeez. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how fighting works uh, in, in a line, usually. Um, so you can't lock eyes and just, and just um, pay attention to the guy in front of you. You have to take a broader view and look at at least the three guys. Right. And you got to be mean. You got to hold the, that line. Um, don't leave any openings. And so, a lot of times, this meant a shield and a spear or a sword or something. Well, your shield's blocking your body, and you got your head open. Right. Everyone wants to get your head. So, that's why helmets are so important. Right. So, that's why the Greek hoplites, they didn't have a whole lot of armor. They had some armor, like like the rich guys would have the like the brass, cool, like uh, cool, super body looking you know yeah, thing the abs thing. yeah the abs thing a lot of Greeks didn't have that they just had their helmet and they had their shield their big shield and they'd lock up their shields and then have their spear and that's how they fought together shield covers everything but you need that helmet yeah because um, if you're protecting your head you probably can't see anything if you're using your shield right there are certain techniques like the bigger your shield is the more it's just area denial smaller shields Typically, were used for like one-on-one -on -one fights or like knights. The more armor you had, the smaller their shields got, um, because at some point it sort of becomes superfluous. So, if you have a chainmail shirt, right, they're very good protection against cuts, and they're decent protection against thrusts. Like you have to have a, a, a like a good spear or a finely tempered sword to be able to pierce through and basically defeat the the chainmail, right? Plus. Some uh, later they'd wear um, padded shirts, so it would uh, absorb even some of the, the kinetic force. So with that in mind, you have your helmet, you got your shield. You don't hold your shield flat. You angle your shield so that you can protect your head like this. 
I know you guys can't see who are listening, but imagine I'm left-handed, I'm holding my shield. Think deflector shield. I want to deflect their blow. I don't want to stop it because I want a, a shield that's a, that I can maximize my protection, but I want my shield to be as light as possible because I'm not just fighting with this. I'm marching with this. I'm traveling with this. All right. Okay. The food's crappy. I don't get enough sleep. I'm going to get tired. I want my gear to be as light as possible. Yeah. So I want a light shield. So if I hold it flat and I absorb the total force, the spear's going to go through it. And then I'm going to bust out my shield. But if I angle it like a deflector, right? And, just... and just do this, right? Yeah. Now I'm deflecting their, their spear thrust or their sword strike. And I'm preserving my shield and it's lighter, right? And I could look so that so the, the shield has an edge. I'm looking down that edge at my opponent so I can always see him. So I just kind of do this thing, like this circular motion, so I can always see down the line of my shield. And then my sword is on that side, protecting my right side. My shield's protecting my left and my head. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's how shields work. Yeah. Unless it's a big shield, then it's area denial. You just, boom, stick it in front of you like Romans did. Yeah. But it's got this cool curve. So it is a deflector because it's this curved thing and it curves all the way around. Can't, were they really able to like lock their shields together? No. no. Like lock them together like, like you would like a row of chairs and they lock? No. Okay. No. You don't want to lock them. Because you want, you don't, if you lock shields like lock, lock, then you can only go over your shield as an attacker, under your shield. Wherever your shield is, you can't attack from that same space at the same time. Right. It's area denial, but that's for you too. Yeah, so then they can see, they can anticipate where your attack is coming from. So if your shields are totally top. locked. So the mm. Greeks would overlap their shields. That's because they were citizen soldiers, they weren't professionals. They might train every once in a while, but, you know, you think about it. They get together. They have some fun. Yeah. They lock shields. They do this thing. They talk about girls. They go home. You right. know what I mean? Um, so they lock shields. Unless you're Spartans, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they were a little bit different. Romans, for sure, didn't lock their shields. You know, they had these big... At first, they were ovals. Then they were kind of that rectangular shape. Big, yeah. They curved. They didn't lock them. They there was a small, small enough, but was gaps in between. Spear or something through. Yeah, no, they 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 went with a short sword because they figured we have this big, um, big shield, got a cool helmet to protect our heads, and now what we're gonna do is we're gonna press into them, right? We're gonna we're gonna press all of our guys together like a big hammer, and all together we're gonna press into their line. And we're going to get in close, get into their inside. We're going to take our short swords, and we're just going to stab the hell out of them. Wow. Yeah. And um, there's, when the, the Greeks actually fought the Romans um, at certain points, obviously we know through history, you know, the Romans basically absorbed the Greek empire into theirs. Yeah. And um, the Greeks basically came back and wrote that those, those Roman swords, the gladius, was so devastating and feared on the field that it just it did some serious butchery that they weren't used to seeing because they would use spears yeah and don't get me wrong spears are the king of battle and when they thrust there's a lot of force in them right 
but the the wound that it leaves is not this giant gashy like with those swords they could cut your hand off you don't you don't cut arms off with a spear you just thrust deep yeah. and then they just kind of you know they bleed and they die but it's not super gruesome like these gladius would be so it's like this fear weapon and the the bullseye is actually taking the gladius right into their open mouth that's like your bullseye right do you practice with those at all by myself i do okay yeah it's a whole nother thing they're actually pretty cool yeah um so yeah gladius is actually a really cool sword um, not much hand protection on them. Problem is we don't actually understand exactly how they use them. So any training we do is kind of a guesswork. So that's why I focus more on the, the medieval and early Renaissance weapons because they, I, you know, we know, uh, you know, very confidently how they trained. And so we do that. Okay. Yeah. And then I teach um, also British military saber, which is like, 18th and 19th century, and we have all those records. We know exactly what they did to train. That's so, cool. yeah. Um, it's actually my favorite. Really? Yeah. Why? Oh, dude. Sabres are super powerful. So they're a one-handed sword. Usually they're curved. Um, and saber in the English language is like a general term for a curved sword um, or exotic sword. And curved swords are in every culture, right? Every culture, they've got them. Because when, you, when you're striking, uh, just the mechanics of it, when it's that curve, leads the, the edge alignment when you cut. So it's easier to have your, your, your uh, alignment, and that's what you want, right? So your edge alignment as you swing has to be in line, and it's going to cut the deepest. Okay. Right? And so when it's curved, it, it helps mechanically keep that in line. I'm not sure exactly how that works. And then so it, it connects... A smaller cross section, and as you move, it moves. So it just helps to. So it makes a, a, a bigger wound. Ideally, like in More the cut. Gruesome. Yeah. There we go. Super strong. Um, the footwork is simplified. So, um, in the early days, like a two-handed sword, the way that your footwork goes, you have to shift. Like you can't run and box at the same time. Yeah. It's just your balance gets all screwed up. Right. Um, it's, that, that's what I was having a hard time with with the two-handed. Yeah, You're, I've been trained so long. Don't cross your feet. Don't cross your feet. Now that's that's a stance switch, which I get, but you don't usually do that mid-swing. Yes, you know what I mean. So yes. I, I'll do them with kicks. You come up, do a kick, and then you can put that foot down. But that's really, especially if someone's putting too much distance, that way I can kick almost into another kick. Yes. Because I'm trying to close distance really quickly. Yeah. But other than that, like shifting your feet, like doing your... As you cut? Yeah. It's different. It was hard. It's it's weird. Yeah. Well, and it, I was backwards. I was... Do you remember that? I was swinging backwards because I, yeah. I was thinking like this. Uh-huh. Right, but I was supposed to come across here, yeah, and switch my legs because so the the sword wouldn't come down and hit me if I missed. Yes, yeah. And think of it this way: it's all about distance management, and kind of getting back to the the biggest application that I see in a modern day um, self defense context is the footwork. Um, when you're sword fighting, the most like the biggest uh, advantage you have is managing the distance between you and your opponent. 
So when you learn how to do sword fighting, there's a certain distance, there's a certain range between you and, and your enemy or your opponent. And understanding that, because, I mean, if you catch a, a punch to the face, yeah, they can knock you out. Chances are they're probably not gonna, but it, it's a big possibility. And you'll hit the ground, and if they're a total piece of ass, they're just gonna kick you until maybe you wake up in the hospital, right? right. Um, and that's a bad day. Um, but... If you're too close and you take a sword cut to the head, you're done. Like, that's right. it. So the stakes are super high. So when you engage in a sword fight with somebody, you have to be out of range first. And when you attack, your sword wants to be in between you and your opponent. Okay. So you launch your attack and then you step into it so that the range, so that you come into range as you attack. So you don't want to be in range of your opponent before your attack. You're in range during the attack. And that's why you step into the cut. Right. That's the biggest reason why. Now, because if you have your mechanics right, um, you're giving up a lot of power, but you don't need it because your energy is focused on the sword. Right. So you're going to do you know, lethal damage at that moment anyway. You don't need the power of like planning your heal or, 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 or you take your step first, you're set, and then boom, like all that power that you transfer into, you don't need it, okay. right? Because if you're there and then do your action, I mean, if you get punched or if you, if you step in and then swing with your sword, it's too late. They're going to kill you. Okay. Right? As, yeah, as soon as you step in range. Yeah. So Is there stabbing... Or what, did, what were you calling it? Thrust, thrusting? thrusting? Yeah. Uh, with a saber? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can thrust with a saber, too. Okay. Same, same idea. So what you want to do, you, you generally with a thrust, you have your point. You put your point online, kind of like you're looking down with gun sights, right? Okay. So you put your point online. You extend your arm, and then you step in. Okay. So there's a setup process. And the setup takes longer than a slash, but it's actually more lethal. So if you can, the setup, you get the setup, and if things are right for the setup, then you extend out and uh, lunge, okay. and then, it, and then it, there's the opening. So there's, there's certain ways of doing it. So you, you have to, um, it's, called a, it's called a covered thrust. You don't want to just thrust uncovered. Right, so depending on where their weapon is, you want your the the base of your blade. We call that the weak or the fort. You want that protecting. You want that close to where their sword is. You kind of want to lock them up, and then your point you want past all that in line with the target, whatever that is. So that would be your ideal. Would be to block and thrust. Yeah, yeah. You kind of lock them up a little bit with with the back of your sword. That's the strongest point. You won't get knocked offline if you take their point, their, their, the, the last one-third or the last half of their sword, that's called the weak. Well, there's a lot of leverage against your wrist. If you, can, if you could actually, um, uh, it's called the bind when the swords come together. If you can bind their weak, right, then you can displace it. You can move it offline out of the way. So now it's uh, safe against you. And then at that point, you put your, your point is online and then you extend out with your hand, and then you lunge into it. Okay, so real quick, you remember my sword, mm -hmm. right? How it was like super top heavy. Yes. 
So if I were to swing, since it's heavy, like like you were saying, like a battle axe, would that go through your sword? Like if my if so, you're asking if if I was lining up the point yeah. to thrust on you while I'm coming down. Oh yeah, it okay. would just you would just totally displace that sword. Okay. Yeah, because I mean that thing's a beast. It just weighs so much. Right. Any sword that I'm trying to thrust at you. And that's another way of how you thwart their thrust, is you cut into their blade. You cut into their blade, it displaces their sword, knocks it offline. Now all that setup for the thrust is useless because I can't muscle through because you already have knocked my point offline. Even if I was a gorilla, there's no way that I can strong arm that back online. I have to do something different. I have to, I have to retreat a little bit and reset and do something different. Okay. So with your big sword, you swing into that and you cut into my blade, then maybe you could even cut into my blade and then into me. Right. Yeah. It's long enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what would you rather have? You said saber's your favorite. Yeah. So you can use them. Um, if you're going into a battle, right? Full battle. What are you taking? Like what it would be the all the weapons are on the wall. How many you do I get? Grab one. <laughs> one. Uh, well, so that's the thing. So if it's sword and shield, that's fine. If it's two-handed swords or sword and dagger, that's fine. Like like stuff like yeah. that. But like you're not walking out there with two broadswords. No, you know I, I mean. Wouldn't. That's somebody would, but they're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's the thing too. Is like I think I would, but I would just swing it like a fucking battle axe. And if it breaks, then I have another one. Like that'd be my my thought process behind yeah. it. I'm not swinging to broadswords, sure, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But my sword probably wouldn't break given how fucking heavy it is, right? No. Okay. No, no, that's pretty stout. That's a okay. that's a choppy boy. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you choose? In battle, I got buddies with me. Yeah. And what am I bringing to the table? Okay. Well, the cool thing about swords, and historically speaking, usually, swords are your backup weapon. Okay. Yeah. So it's in a sheath. It's in a scabbard right at your hip. Okay. Think of it in terms of, in the modern day, a soldier has his rifle. Well, a soldier has his whatever big weapon. Right. He's got his rifle, and then he's got his pistol. Okay. Not all soldiers, but that's the idea, right? Right. The special forces guys will say. They've got their specialist weapon, whatever that is, you know, and, 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 it, and there's a crew with that usually, like a, like a heavier machine gun, there's like two or three guys on it, you know, javelin, a bunch of guys have that thing, right? So you have that. Um, beyond that, you've got your rifle. Beyond that, you've got your pistol. So it's a similar concept in the, in the, in the old days, right? So with bladed stuff. So you would have your spear or halberd, something like that, your big hefted weapon, then you would have your sword. Then you'd have your dagger. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So your sword and your dagger are, are on your person, like in their sheath, in their scabbard, ready to go. Right? Sometimes you'd have a shield. Oftentimes you'd have a shield. I like shields. I would have a shield. And I would have a... a I like spears. I would have a spear. Okay. Spear and shield. Spear um, and shield. Yeah. And then, okay. So your, your spears, spears broke. rock, dude. Spear your, breaks. Your spears break breaks now. So what sword are you pulling out? Well, anachronistically, I want a saber. Yeah, I do. Um, it's got 
hand protection. Okay. So it's a mini shield. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I could put my sword. I could put my hand out front because that's what we want to do naturally. We want to put our hands out to to guard our face, the rest of our body, and move our hands around. Okay. Right. Defensively, no martial art experience. Someone's assailing you. That's what people do. They throw their hands out, and you know if they don't make it, like you can see in the in the autopsy report, they got wounds on their hands and all because yeah. your hands are out. Well, saber lends to that. You got hand protection, and you got a cool blade, and your hand is out. So I can block stuff and confidently have is protection on my hand. Is going to get in the way? If you don't know what you're doing, it can. Okay. So you want to put one hand. One hand has to be in front of the other, and you have to be able to switch. And like I mentioned before, see, this is why I like this. It's, okay. like, it's like you're moving both hands. Right. In, in, not in unison, in concert. You're moving them in concert. Okay. So... Um, yeah, wherever your shield is, your sword cannot be, and vice versa. So you move your you move your shield, and you create windows for your cuts. Okay. Right? So you can cut around your shield, and if you know how to move your shield hand and your sword hand in concert, you can either move them sort of together to do certain things, or you can move them uh, in a different tempo to do other things. Wow. Yeah. It's really fun. And so then, then because you had told me before that if you didn't have, not a lot of people would do two swords, right? You would usually use the other one more as a shield, right? So if you, now your shield's broke, that's what that dagger's for then. Yeah. It's now your shield. It, well, yeah, it can be. So a dagger can be used for different purposes. Let's say I ha- my shield's gone, right. right? I can pull out my dagger and I have my sword, and now I can use them sort of like as chopsticks. So a sword comes at me, I can grab them both. I can bind with, like, sword first, hold it, hold up their, like, create a bind, hold up their sword. Now I got my dagger to just sort of hold it again. Now I can come off, I can disengage with my sword, and I still have them with my dagger. Just for that split second, that's all I need to come in and, and rein an attack. In an open, wherever they're open, I can cut at them. Interesting. Yeah. So daggers are pretty cool like that. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of two-weapon systems are like rapier and dagger. Um, you know, you've got your main weapon and you have your shorter dagger with some hand protection on it. For that reason, it covers this side if they thrust at you. But also you can, you can cover their thrust or their cut with your main sword. And then you just sort of throw your dagger on there to... to hold the displacement, you're displacing the sword, you're creating an even a further opening. Because remember, you got a shorter blade, right? The distance of, of, um, of leverage to your wrist versus the distance of their weapon to their wrist, you have a much greater advantage. You got this nice fulcrum, you can just exploit that lever. Doesn't matter how strong they are, you exploit that lever. Right. And it doesn't take much, we're talking like inches. If you could just hold them, create yourself a few more inches, that's all you need for your sword to get in there and do what you need to do, right? Right. So that's one way of using the dagger. Second way of using the dagger is grappling. Let's say, let's say I have my sword and my shield, and I'm disarmed somehow. I lose my saber somehow. It's gone. I can come in, grab my dagger. Now I have my shield. I can come in, charge them, use my shield to deflect their blow, get into their inside, and I can just mess them up with my dagger 
then it's nothing pretty. I'm just going to jab, 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 and I'm just going to keep jabbing until, they're, until they don't move anymore. Wow. So armpits, groin, um, you know, inner thigh, up the chin, wherever, neck, whatever I got to do. Because you're not getting through their chest plate, right? No. That's not going to happen. No. Okay. But you could slide to the end, right? So it's, it's got to end somewhere. So they need arm mobility. So if they have like, it's called a pauldron, that's the, that's the shoulder protection, right? So they got a pauldron, they got a chest plate. So if I just hit that dagger and I, and I just let the metal, you can feel it from your tip. You could feel the metal just slide. And then at the end of the armor, there's like a little lip. Just, just kind of get up over that lip and explore the soft, anything that's soft. And then you just find that and just jab in there. Jeez. And that's how you do that. And it's, you could feel it. You could feel just the metal on metal has a certain feel to it. Let it slide. You find that lip, disengage a little bit, and then just change your angle of how you're holding that dagger. Just thrust in. You just find the soft parts and just go. Wow. That's how you do that. that sounds awesome. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So it's fun with, with um, you know, in class with your trainers. Right. <laughs> but right. even with dagger plates, you got to be careful because they are shorter. And, you know, we use stuff that's a little bit more floppy, but you can mess up someone's ribs. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, we're all friends. Yeah. And we like to stay friends. Right. right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you get the point across. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, you don't yeah. throw knees and elbows yeah. in sparring because that's fucked up. Oh, dude, I heard that story. Yeah, that's Oh, sucked. man. Yeah, that, but, uh, that does suck. That's all right. I, it, it is what it is. I made my point. He's fine. Yeah, that's so, cool. But uh, but yeah, like it, it that's kind of just a known thing. Or uh, if you're sweeping, you talk about that first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you catch the leg and sweep. Yeah. You tell them, hey, I, I'm going to sweep you. Like not as you're catching it, but, but like before the round starts. Like sweeping is okay. And they're like, okay. Because there's also a difference. If you're being swept, if you don't know it's coming, you're planted a lot differently oh, right. than if you if you know it's coming. You're up on your toe, so that way it sweeps out versus if you're heel planted in, that'll snap your leg. Yeah. Because you're all your weight's on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's just a whole different way to hold it. And yeah, you should be prepared for both. But um, yeah, man. You know, like you'd want to let somebody know you're sweeping. Somebody did it in class, uh, I want to say like two, three years ago, and just almost broke one of my buddy's ankles. Ooh. He was a new, he was new. He wanted to find a new gym. Okay. And so he came over here. And a lot of the times, what they'll do is, sometimes other gyms will send people to other gyms, just to kind of fuck some people up. Oh uh, yeah. Prove a point. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So we were pretty sure that's what this guy was. And uh, I'm not sure what that proves at all. Let me find your new guy. <laughs> well, he wasn't new either. Oh okay. But we don't sweep. We're doing American kickboxing. Yeah. We're not doing Muay Thai here. That's not what we're doing. Um, right, right. So we don't sweep. He did it once, and the guy's like, hey, my ankle's really, me- like, it hurts already. Don't do that again. And yeah. then he did it again. And then so, uh, so at the time, I was, like, getting fight ready. Yeah. And yeah. I was pretty ready for a fight. And so my coach, Doug, at the time, um, put me in the ring with him. And he's like, you got three minutes. And so I just fucked this dude up. 
for like three minutes. <laughs> wow. Coming to our gym and kicking my fu- my buddy in the leg. Yeah. You know, and like, cause that's that's the thing. I'm I'm a bruiser. That's what I am. Like, yeah. I don't block. I don't do any of that shit. I don't. I don't. Not technical. I'm strong as fuck. You know, like you can block whatever you want. You're gonna feel it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, I usually don't kick a lot in sparring mm-hmm. because I have so much power. Right. It's okay. hard. I'm not. I'm not good enough to gauge it yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm used to full kicks. Right. So when I'm sparring. I might just snap them out there, and mm-hmm. or I have the, I don't look like it, but I have the leg dexterity to where I can just put one up by your face and then put it back down. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, you've been dead right there, you know? like. So I can do that kind of shit, but for this dude, I kick the fuck out of him, I punch him in the face, and then like two minutes in, I'm like, dude, is this almost over? And, uh, like, to the coach, and this guy, like, he's he's done, right? So we kind of both put our hands down. I'm like, hey, are we, like, close to over? And I had put my hands down, and then he came over and just, boom, hit me right in the face. Ooh. And so he had a whole other minute of me, you know? I was uh, like, and now I'm pissed. Yeah. Because before I was, like, irritated. You're coming in here and you're fucking with some shit, like, fucking with my buddies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now I'm mad because, like... I was clearly stepping out for a second, and you stepped in and hit yeah. me hands down. Oh, like, geez, man. you want to cheap shot me, dude? That's fine. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> so I was about to puke at the end of that round, but oh. just because of how much I put into it. Yeah. You know, a fight, a fight round's a lot different than a sparring round. And there's also, like, like my buddy Skyler, he teaches one of the classes now because he's so fucking good. But yeah. he doesn't even, like, put any power behind anything. He just touches you. Open, 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 open. Keep that left hand up. Open. Like, right? So he's just touching you everywhere. And if he would have put just a little strength behind it, you'd be done. That's it. Like, wow. And he's just landing them everywhere that he sees open. He's been doing it for, like, 15 years. Wow. So it's just, he's a little dude. But uh, if it was a fight, I'd be nervous. <laughs> I'd be real nervous, yeah. man. He's probably like 150 pounds, maybe. Wow. And I would be nervous stepping in the ring with that fucking guy. Wow. And that's that's where it comes to that whole, like, we were talking about a dude with a whole suit of armor versus a dude without. Well, yeah. that dude without is fucking amazing. doesn't matter how much armor this guy's got. Right. He's going to find an opening and exploit it every time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and footwork is everything. Um, that's how that's how he would defeat him, right? Because he can't go in, like he can't he can't meet him directly. The armor's right. too powerful. Right. But he could use his footwork. He could get the guy tired, He's right? Get tired fast. Wait right? for an exploit because um, it's very subtle. If someone overcommits or overextends, that's the moment. Right, because your arm is down, and then all this rib shit is open, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it can be, yeah. Or like under the armpit or something. Right. Yeah, or even if your hand position is is, is is wrong, right? So when you're when you're when you're fencing and your hand is too low, now if someone comes in with a thrust over the top, so if your hand is um, like the position, okay, there's a ground and someone's hand's too low, and the other person's hand is higher than theirs in relation to the floor, or just in relation to each other, right? right? That can be the moment where they make that thrust, and if someone comes up and brings their hand up to parry, it won't matter. It's too late, and the thrust comes in. 
Right. Just just that. Just hand position. You have it too low with, with or fencing, too far to the left or too far to the right. Those swords are also very bendy too, right? So like yeah. you can't blade parry a lunge, right? Like, I mean, it's going to be super ineffective. You want as close up to your hand as possible for that yeah. parry. Right? Well, you, you can still do it with your sword, but the thing of it is, is... Um, what I say when I mean it's too late, there's there's reaction time, right? So if someone comes in with a thrust, by the time you know what's happening and you react to it, their point is already past your hand if your hand is out. Now you have the reaction time between where your hand is and where your body is. Right. Does that make sense? So when you come up like, like this, if your hand's too low and you're coming up, that thrust is already past your hand and it's heading towards your body. Right. So by the time you make that parry, you're um, already going to have connected. Right, but you but if you anticipated it, you could start the parry process with your weak on their weak. Right. But it but but um, if it's already passed a certain point, now your weak is hitting their strong basically, and right. you can't do it. So yeah, yeah, it's reaction time. That's that 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 means a lot, and um. So yeah. So that's one of those things. Like I know in fighting, um, you get to a certain point where there is no reaction time. Like, does that make sense? Where yeah. it's like you've done this so many times, you can see a a, a hit like a them throwing something from just the slight movement of their hips. Yeah. And your body just reacts. And you know it's coming at that place. Right. So I'd love to get to a position like that. It's I mean, cool. Yeah. Can you do that with sword yet? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Get into that zone? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there, there's there's certain attacks. It's it's probabilities, right? So your, re, your reaction time, you're like, oh, I'm like this. They've moved a certain way. I know it's coming in this spot. Yeah. Right? It's it's about probabilities, right? So most of the time, it, it is going to come from there. But sometimes it might not. Sometimes it might come somewhere else. And that's where I get jacked. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. Um, and I guess that's true for everybody. Yeah. Um, but even if you know it's coming, if they do it right, Sometimes they just beat you. Matter. You know, they just beat you. And, okay, you just beat me right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Where are we at anyway? I don't know. Man, we've been talking a long time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing I would say about sword fighting. Yeah, we don't have swords when we're walking around and stuff. You might have a knife. Um, the, the big takeaway, I think I mentioned this, I'll just reiterate it, is uh, footwork. Footwork is like 80% of, of fencing, Right. Um, of, of any sword fighting discipline. And so when you uh, have that, that distance between you and, say, that slimy dude who's trying to accost you, right? Right. Being cognizant of um, them staying out of reach where they can't grab you, right? Right. Um, that's the coolest thing, I think, that, that swordsmanship teaches a person is you can choose to stay away so they can't get you. And there's different footwork techniques that you can use. So if they're walking forward to get you, right? There's techniques that you can use that martially you can stay balanced and traverse or go back and they can't they can't catch up to you in a martial stance. So if they're really reaching for you, they're in a compromised balanced position and then you can do something to them. Does that okay. make sense? So is that like the Pirates of the Caribbean? Right, I know this is a little off yeah, time, right? Yeah. But like when Jack Sparrow's fighting uh, Will Turner the first time, and he's okay. like, "Okay, well, if I step here, 
and then they both step in different directions. Similar like, concept. Okay, so you know how to do that. What if I step here and like? It's like that. Okay. Um, they were dancing. Yeah. But I mean, but it's true. I mean, this serves a purpose. So, and this is why I like military saber. Why it's my favorite because it's so simplified. It's almost like fighting southpaw, right? Um, I'm right-handed, so my right hand is out. My left foot is, is back. My right foot is forward. And my right shoulder is sort of cocked forward a little bit. And so, you know, that's your jab and your big punch. That's what saber is. Um, and then this is like for grappling, yeah. right? So if you hold up their sword, you could come and like extend out with your left. Like once you've stopped their sword with yours, you can step forward and then like grab their wrist or you can even grab their blade if it's not moving. You can grab their blade if it's not moving and hold it and it's not gonna cut you. It's not a showstopper anyway. So as long as the sword's not moving, you've stopped it just for that split second. If you grab the blade, now you've got the blade, same as them. So now you're fighting over the sword and now your sword hand is free to Dispatch what I want. So you can either cut at their, their wrist, you can cut at their arm, you can cut at their head, neck, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, so that's that's why I like saber. Would those pirate swords be like considered saber? Yeah, okay. saber or or cutlass. It's that class. The cutlass is just a short saber. So you, you consider on those boats. The reason why they had shorter ones, you know, like pirate ships and and uh, warships at, the, at that, that time, like the deck is the size of this room. It's really small. Like, we think it's bigger. It's not. It's like this. And so you got, like, a dozen guys pouring over the deck to meet the other dozen guys. It's really cramped in here. You don't have enough room. So it's the same reason why the Roman soldiers had a short gladius. The same reason why um, uh, in those days you had a cutlass instead of a saber. It's shorter. So you have room to maneuver. You don't want to cut your own guys. And then it's all just, like, in a brawl. They're brawling swords. That's what they're for. Wow. And that's exactly why I'd have one in a zombie apocalypse. Because okay. you could take it anywhere. You could fight in a room. You could fight in a hallway. It's big enough to where you could keep them at bay, right? So they can't come in and grab you. Because in a sword fight, you don't really want to grapple. But let's say that you find yourself and they've come on the inside and they've stopped your sword somehow. You better know how to grapple. Um... That kind of thing. So you want your dagger or something else. You're like in the pirate days, they'd have a their cutlass and their pistol, right? Yeah. So they would have like several pistols in their sash if you're a pirate and you're you're taking a ship, right? That wasn't army regulation or naval regulation, so they wouldn't, unless they knew it was coming. But yeah, so they would load their single shot pistols, throw them in their sash, and then have their cutlass and their dagger. And they go aboard, and then they would clash, hold them, pull out the pistol at point blank, and just boom, hit them. Yeah. Drop the pistol, because it's that you don't have time to reload. Yeah. It's one you know ball, ball and shot, right? Then you turn to the next guy, same thing. Um, Just lock them up enough. Yeah, they lock them up enough. And and seriously, if you got three pistols, and you're able to use all three of them, you've just killed three guys or incapacitated three guys. For one person to do that in one battle, that's freaking amazing. That's intense. Yeah. Well, if it, right. say it's five on five. Yeah, that, well, that's more than half their team. Then you know? you're the superstar. And right. people don't fight to the death usually. They fight till they're like, well, we're losing, so I want to live. Yeah. Okay. So mercy. Right. And sometimes they got it, sometimes they didn't, but it's it's just in us. 
Yeah. So survival. Survival. Yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, this is a really long podcast. Dude, we talked so much. I know. Thank you for the opportunity. This was amazing. Yeah, dude. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you back sometime, you know, whenever you want to do it. Uh, yeah, we can talk. I, I'm a talker, dude. We can talk as long as as long as people find it interesting. No, you're good, man. Thanks I for hanging with us, guys. For it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, so this is Psychotic Strength. This is the 13th of November. Uh, again, this is Tyler Townsend. And Nate McBride. All right, thank you. Blade Fit Academy.